Hello, listening people. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, 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 indeed. Hello, Bartek. Hello, Ryan. How are you? Good. You feeling festive? Yes. Is that why you ho, ho, ho'd? Well, it's December. Oh, the month of Santa? Yes. Oh, great. Bartek, we're doing our show Unappreciated Masterpieces. What is that? Unappreciated Masterpieces is a show in which we talk about unappreciated masterpieces. Now, if you know your English, you know that using the word in the description is a no-no. Yeah. I, I apologize <laughs> for the no-no, everyone. Okay, good, good, because I do know English. Huh? I do know English, so... Oh, you know languages. That's good. <laughs> yeah, for later. One. Unappreciated masterpieces, what are they? Yes. They are films that we believe are not appreciated, but are masterpieces. These are films that do not currently have the love that they deserve, which means that they might have once had it, they might have never had it. Mm. Basically, we want these films to, in a way, become cult classics. Or Oscar winners. Or Oscar winners. <laughs> and you also, Ryan, sometimes describe them as films that seemingly don't deserve audio commentaries... So we step in and create audio commentaries. That's exactly right, And Bartek. look at that runtime of this episode. Wow. Oh. A lot of numbers. Bartek. Yes? Thank you for that. You're welcome for that. And we're, you know why we're called Spin Polish? I know a lot of people out there are saying, guys, you've been doing this for like a hundred and something episodes, but I still don't know why you're called Spin Polish. Yeah. Is one of you called Spit and one of you called Polish? No, guys. It's... Are you going to describe it using those words, though? Maybe. Okay. We're spin Polish, likely because we're always spitting, and we're both Polish. Hence the names Ryan, very Polish, oh. and Bartek, less Polish, but not as Polish as Ryan. <laughs> so, Bartek, you have to tell us the name of the movie we're covering, because I don't know what it is. Us? You know, us as in you, me, and the listening people. Oh, I can tell me as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, listen up, Bartek. The name of the film that we are doing in this episode is Trujka Uczeknerów. Uh, repeat that one again. Trujka Uczeknerów. Almost got it that time. Oh, right. Just <laughs> once more. Trujka Uczeknerów. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think you're speaking Polish. Mm -hmm. And you know languages, right? Well, I know English. What? Although I am Polish, don't speak the language. Is that, of... is that you saying you don't speak language, or are you telling me not to speak language? <laughs> in fact, a bit of both. Could you say it in English? Oh. Oh, right, because you only speak English. Yeah. Trujka Uczeknerów, the film is Three Fugitives. Three Fugitives? Yes. The Three Fugitives? All three. The legendary French film? We're doing that one, huh? No, right. <laughs> Less French, more English. Oh, the one with Martin Short. Yes, from 1989, I think. You are 100% correct on that, Bartek. But we have well, to have no people... But we have to have some fellow fugitives join us for this episode. We don't have three of them. We have two of them. And there are two of us. Oh, so we're four fugitives, huh? Well, no, one of us is not a fugitive. Oh, okay, that's me then. <laughs> that's me then. We'll find out at the end of the episode. <laughs> Bartek, yes. could you please introduce our guests? I'm on, I'm on the edge of my seat. Not really. <laughs> figuratively. <laughs> oh, figuratively you are. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, so, I used the bad word, sorry. Listening people. There you go. Don't we, want to exclude pets. Yeah, soz. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined in this episode by two fellows from another podcast. Hmm. And they are from the Dirty Harry Minute podcast. Introducing John. Hello. Wonderwall to be here. <laughs> or something like that And Shane How are you? I'm Shane Hi Shane It's great to see you Thank you 
You it's too. Great to have you guys on Dirty Harry Minute podcast. Uh, so, by the sound of that, that really sounds like you guys cover only Magnum Force, right? <laughs> on your podcast, <laughs> that's the only one you cover. No, minute by minute breakdown of Magnum Force. No, let's minute, see how it's a minute long breakdown. Right? A minute long breakdown, <laughs> <laughs> mental breakdown of Magnum. Uh, I'm joking. Of course, they cover the Deadpool, uh, the best Harry movie of them all, right? Well, we, yes, Dirty <laughs> Harry is the best. We've earmarked probably Police Academy is the next minute we try and break down minute by minute. Isn't that right, Shane? The Running Man, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, okay. I thought we just. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. That's that's a fucking great one. Yeah, for big. the longest time, I always thought that the game show host in that was the dad from Frasier, but then oh, I right. rewatched it and it's not the dad from Frasier. The so. game show host in the Running Man yeah. movie, yeah, yeah, is the real life host of oh, Family Feud. Family Feud. <laughs> In the states, though, not what Australians would know. Oh, <laughs> uh, what, what, not, not, um, what's his name? What was his Blonde name? Blonde guy, mm. <laughs> man, curly who... straw, curly straw. <laughs> so, guys at home, you should definitely check out Dirty Harry Minute podcast if you want your fix on Dirty Harry. They're the guys. I mean, you guys are the only ones, right? Doing a minute. Yeah, so far. If anyone there out there listening to this podcast loves Dirty Harry or Clint Eastwood, please give us a message. We'd or Andy Robinson. Or you know, Andy I don't want to exclude him. You know, uh, he's in the movie too. You know, I mean, come on, he's a fan favorite of everyone. Everyone out there. He would be the wet dream to have on the podcast. <laughs> putting feelers out to all, but sadly, a lot of them are no longer with us. Don Siegel, the director, and yeah, John Vernon, the mayor, they're all deceased. So get Clint. We're trying, we're trying. <laughs> Good Clint. So guys at home, you have to get a copy of Three Fugitives, the uh, legendary Nick Nolte classic. Because we have a copy, you should have a copy. Because we're going to be starting a countdown. I'm going to be starting a countdown. I'm going to say play. You're going to press play. We'll be lined up, hopefully, as we talk about the amazing film that is... Three Fugitives. Almost said Dirty Harry, but Three Fugitives. <laughs> There's a lot of, uh, I mean, whispery voice from uh, Nick Nolte here. I mean, he would have made a great Harry. He would. Wouldn't he? He'd be like, hello, man, my dear I know you're asking yourself. <laughs> I know you're asking yourself. That's Martin Short. No. Oh. <laughs> so, guys, <laughs> watch it muted. I'm going to do a countdown starting now. Three, two, one. Play. So, guys, what's our history with this film? This was a big childhood favourite of my sister and I. Um, children of the born in the early 80s, we borrowed this quite frequently at the Plains Video and Reservoir. And <laughs> yeah, we just took a real shine to it, along with, you know, the other more canonical <laughs> canon films like Back to the Future and uh, Police Academy. We borrowed this many times. You didn't see it in cinema? No, no. I was wow. only six at the time. Wow, no excuse then, huh? No, I'm shamed. I shouldn't be here, by. You're shamed, but I you shamed. aren't Shane. Yes, What's I... your history with this? Um, uh, I, I'm really Tuesday, proud of I took a sick day and I watched this film. <laughs> that is my history. <laughs> so Shane's boss, if you're listening right now. That's right. You I'm know his priorities. Sure I'm sure he is listening. You know his priorities. I know, I was genuinely sick, but I wasn't sick enough you know, to put myself through this movie. Oh, <laughs> so you've never seen this before, huh? I hadn't. I didn't know what I was looking at. Did you? I still, you still don't. don't. No. Have you ever heard of it before? I hadn't heard of so, it. So John didn't mention it all the time? No. Like, when you guys didn't. are doing Dirty Harry, he, he no. wouldn't pause and be like, God, that Three Fugitives movie was mine short, though. No, Police Academy comes up very frequently. <laughs> this has police fugitives. in it? It does. Yeah. <laughs> this has James Earl Jones in it. Yeah, it does. There's a sort of academy for special kids. <laughs> you mean the orphanage? <laughs> <laughs> so, Bartek, what's your history with Three Fugitives? 
I think I might have heard the title before, but I hadn't seen it until just yesterday. Just yesterday, huh? Just yesterday. So you might have heard of it, but you, you hadn't seen it for sure. For sure. I had never heard of this movie, never seen it until having to do it for the show because I, I was talking to the Dirty Harry guys. I'm like, what are some movies? And I got like a real good list of movies and I went through each one and there were so many to pick from, but I went with this one because I saw Martin Short and Nick Nolte. Big fan of him, are you? And Nick Nolte is holding Martin Short and Martin Short is holding a child. <laughs> and I said, now that's an unappreciated masterpiece. <laughs> I looked at the poster and I said, don't tell me more. I'm a big fan of all those people. Not the child so much. She didn't go on to do much more. But, you know, she did a good job in this. Sarah, if you're listening, I bet you are. Good job, you know. <laughs> you, you had a great haircut scene in the movie. It I wonder was... if they modelled uh, Coraline, you know, that, and that movie? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Neil Gaiman was writing <laughs> his book while looking at this. And he was like, ah ha ha Many fer- very clever, long monologues she gets to do in this yeah. film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie uh, really... Yeah, it was, it was. I thought I had a fun time. I thought there was a lot of elements going on, and you know, I when looking it up, I you know there was there's a French version out there with Gerard Debadou, who's a who's a favorite of ours. We had him on for 102 Dalmatians oh. in the movie, not as a guest. That yeah. would have been great though, as a guest. So, what was it like to work with Glenn Close? Oh, ooh la la, that's my Gerard impression. But uh, this movie, yeah, fun time. It was just a fun rub. I kind of went into it blind. I just saw the poster, saw the name, and I just went, Three Fugitives, huh? Okay. And then watching the movie, I was like, looking at my watch, went going, where's that third fugitive? <laughs> I was thinking that the whole time. And, right, it's the girl. The girl is the third fugitive, right? But it took me half the film to work the out. There's going to be another away. character. No, no, the twist is, it's the it's the bank robber at the end of the movie. And oh. It's leading into a sequel. Wow. <laughs> you know, I wish there'd been another scene where they needed money fast and she actually had helped them commit another bank robbery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice little mini act. Yeah, it would have yeah, been fantastic if she like, was the mastermind of of a bank robbery. Like the owner of the bank like takes her by the hand. It's like, let's find your daddy. And then, <laughs> Little do they know, daddy's taking the money. Oh, good job. Now, I just want to say something. I was really embarrassed during this whole entire sequence Why? because I did not know that someone else was in the car. So when they're walking, I thought he left their hand break off. And the car was following them. And the car was rolling oh behind them. Because as soon as he lets go, it starts to quickly move. And I just didn't know Alan Ruck was in the car. I just, I just focused on James O. Jones is at this. James O. Jones. And then the car is just slowly going with Whoa. them. And I'm like... This is their death oh. scene, right? <laughs> so that was my embarrassing moment of, of the movie. He didn't park his car, he put it in reverse for some reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just left the handbrake off and it just naturally came back. So, John, you brought this to all of us. This mm-hmm. is a childhood classic. Have you watched it many a time since being a child? Yeah, I'd say I watch it on average, you know, once every two or three years. Wow. Yeah. Just has... for nostalgia's sake. I mean, I'd only, well, we'll say ratings till the end of the podcast, but... But you'd give it a 10 out of 10, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it has enough James Earl Jones to satisfy a, a anyone. A layman rating of 10 out of 10. I think what also added it to my awareness, in year seven, we wa- we watched the original French original ah. of this, and that encouraged me to go watch it again. So it's did, always... Then did you keep that VHS copy of that? I did keep it, and I've shown it to certain selected people that come into a podcast Including, chamber. oh, I was going to say, do you show it to the teachers that you took it from? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, aha, I knew it was him all along. He's the third fugitive. <laughs> um, so you've seen the French one? Yes. 
similar? Similar. It doesn't have Martin Short, the guy that plays the... <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. It does have Nick Nolte, though. Or Gary Busey, or whatever he is. Um, <laughs> but um, some certain things have changed. Um, the character who plays the father is more like a sad sack, legitimately like sad, pathetic character. He doesn't have any Martin Short's good comic timing. Uh, yeah. Because I was thinking... The, the, what the French one needed was more tragedy than this one, and uh, I'm glad to hear that. You know, Martin Short cries a lot in this. I'm a big Martin Short fan, and I don't think I've seen him so emotional in a movie, yeah. in a genuine sense. Like, when you watch Three Amigos and he's afraid that he's going to die, it's for comedy sense. But in this movie, he's like, when he's afraid he's going to die, he's afraid. He's uh, This is a great scene. Bartek, I thought of you during this scene. I thought Bartek... Because I raise my hands all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you have grenades. Uh, no, Bartek, I thought of you because I thought, uh, will this be Bartek's favourite scene in the movie? And was it Bartek? I don't know, Ryan. This scene, this movie had some strong contenders for favourite scene. Oh, yeah, give us some. Well, we'll see them when they come. <laughs> <laughs> That's you stalling, huh? I know you. You just want to save it all for the vet, huh? Your favourite character, the vet, who's the guy from Dune? Mm. Oh. When we're in the bank at this scene, I'm finally learning decor. this Jeez. is a comedy. They think it's a comedy. <laughs> no, no, they know it's a comedy. That's the difference. Here's what it is. It's a dramedy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very, drama and comedy. Yeah, it's a challenging genre, definitely, to no. walk the line like that. No, you guys are a bit older than us. Uh, banks back in the day, did they look like someone's lounge room? Yeah. Like this one did? <laughs> exactly, yes, they like did. Like with the shag carpeting? Yeah. yeah, they really did. And you can go into a place, a bar now called The Bank on Elizabeth Street. And okay. it looks pretty much like this. It looks like nothing like a modern bank. Okay. Interestingly, it actually looks more dated, this bank, than the original does in the French version. It's got, you know, sort of wooden uh, tables and stuff. And looks oh. Classic. Classic. Did it also have a really short guy behind the counter? It did, in fact. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought that was like an original joke for this one. But I thought <laughs> Direct lift. That is legitimately funny. It is. You get to see <laughs> his height. Yeah. And later on, you'll see him what playing back the video, going, "Well, look at me, I'm really good. I work at yeah." But that's not in the French version. <laughs> oh no, that is a that is a travesty because that was a fucking great part of the movie yeah. <laughs> when he was just like, "Oh, look at me go." The French aren't so vain. Uh, no, the French just also the French don't have an, enough Alan Rock in their movie, no. nor does this movie. My biggest complaint is in any movie, there's not enough of him ever. No, right? Does he strike you, Rock, as like an '80s Edward Norton or something? Yeah. Um, kind of just he, in his profile, his face. Yes. <laughs> no, no, he does look good, not acting-wise, because he would always play teenagers, even yeah. though he was like 30 when he did Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> yes. And yet he looks young. Yeah, yet he looked younger than uh, than Matthew Broderick. <laughs> mm. Matthew Broderick has the eyes of a killer. That's why. Because <laughs> he's killed people. Uh, <laughs> you, we all remember that, don't we? I, I know it because you told me. <laughs> that Matthew Broderick accidentally killed people with his car? Yeah, that's right. Good old Matthew. Then yeah. he married Sarah Jessica Parker, so everything worked out in the end. It was an accident, right? <laughs> I love this gag. This is the a ATM. The kid? The kid. Yeah. <laughs> only only in the <laughs> 80s do you have kids like this exist. Like it's like he, Such he, moxie. If See, he was the same kid from RoboCop 2, I'd believe it. If he was the same kid from Terminator 2... I was going to say, yeah. Because <laughs> oh. there's a very similar scene, but that's a bit more intentional. Yeah. Robbing the ATM. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His little redhead friend. Yeah, Furlong. What's his name, Eddie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Edward Furlong and his little redhead friend who just rats <laughs> him out as soon as he could. Yep. So, uh, Shane... Jump, jump. Jump, jump, jump. Come jump. on, this time you can get it. Shoot yeah. it off. <laughs> How tall is He's Martin not... Short? 
Well, it's in his name. Oh, he is not. <laughs> He's not that tall, so this guy is really short. Martin Short's really quite good in this, Ryan. No, Ryan, this bank guy is like six foot. Martin Short's <laughs> is really big. Martin Short <laughs> should have played the mountain in Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, yeah, Martin Short is great in this. He's yeah. got a lot of... He shows he has diversity in his uh, range as an actor, because... Uh, uh, have we all seen a, much Martin Short material in our time? Mm, very Not little. Not so much for me. That was no? probably one of the first films I saw was his small role in uh, Father of the Bride. You know, yeah, the, yeah, when he's the flamboyant wedding planner. I liked him in that. Yeah, I'm a big Martin Short fan. I've seen his stuff for, you know, Three Amigos, of course, and... Um, oh, what's his character? He plays that one character. He had a cartoon. That one character where he pe- wears his pants up to like his nipples, and mm. he's got like the spiked hair. Like he gels his hair up into like a point. Uh, Drop dead, Fred. No, it's not. We covered <laughs> that recently, but no, no. And uh, I can't remember his name, but he's a we- <laughs> he's a weirdo. Uh, Munch Short's great. Uh, so you guys, Shane Bartek, yes. not much Munch Short in your life. I hear his name a million <laughs> times, but then when I look him up, I'm like, oh, I haven't really seen anything. But you got it now. Well, how yeah. did how did you feel? His acting is very large. Everything is times ten. He's chewing the scenery, and in, it, he's having a good time. Do you appreciate him chewing the scenery? I don't want to say yes. Okay, you're more of a Nick Nolte fan, I see. Okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, I love Nick Nolte's grumbling around. The question, he... Shane: Does Martin Short look like an asshole? No, he looks more like a dickhead. If he anything. looks adorable, like, he, he acts, might be a dweeb. But he, but he acts like an asshole. So <laughs> does he though? Does he act like Dude. an asshole? I mean, he has that repeated line of saying that Nick Nolte's is all your fault, even though it's like, yeah. dude, you're the one that's robbing a bank. Yeah, yeah. Martin Short has weird ears. I couldn't help noticing that during this whole entire movie. Just just wanted to point that out so you can notice it too. Ooh, that reminds me, was he an elf in a Christmas movie? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. Called uh, Elf, was it? No. Not that one. No, that was uh, Bob Newhart. Oh, I see. Uh, <laughs> Just then you pointed out the ears, something clicked. Or oh, no, he was in the Santa Claus 3 as Jack Frost. That could be it. Where he took over the North Pole. That could be The it. best Santa Claus movie outside of Santa Claus 2, which has the most explicit Nazi imagery in a children's movie. <laughs> uh, we all laugh, but it's really true. So, Ryan, is this a Christmas film? Um, no. <laughs> uh, you could say it is by the fact that we are watching it during December. <laughs> I did start the episode with Ho Ho. When I think Christmas, I do think James Earl Jones is a cop. So, there you go. I'm really missing, because we're watching this without the sound, I'm really missing, is that a clarinet that we hear throughout the soundtrack? Oh, saxophone and clarinet. Yes, saxophone and clarinet. <laughs> Some yeah. might say recorder. No, wow. <laughs> Children's recorder. But... Plastic children's recorder. I thought yeah, I the music that. is very cheap, Ryan, in this movie. No, no, it's very 80s. Right. At the start when he's exiting the prison, it sort of sounds like it's that... That Fairlight synthesizer sound. Sounds like a John Hughes movie. Yes, mm. but it's trying to break into like um, some song with a, a Fairlight in it. Yeah. Uh, come on, can we all... Bridge Over Troubled Water, actually, it sounded like. <laughs> it's, a very, it's very off-putting, that opening scene, because it's quite. it takes itself quite seriously, do you yeah. think? It's like the Blues Brothers. I, I don't know where this movie is going when I'm seeing the first scene, and he's very well-dressed, and I'm trying to wonder what crime... Was he convicted for? And I'm thinking some kind of corporate crime. A white collar crime, white yeah. White collar crime. And when it's a bank robbery, so I'm like, oh, 14 really? of them. Okay. Dude. I sh- should have read the jacket cover when you on seen... the VHS. <laughs> <laughs> they rob banks. She steals hearts. <laughs> he should have played Batman. <laughs> How has he done, not done the voice of Batman at least? 
Christian Bale one. <laughs> no, any Adam West Batman. George yeah. Clooney, he's very guttural. Oh yeah. Um, I I think we should just highlight how great the physical comedy of Martin Short was in that scene just a moment ago where he dropped, fainted and dropped the gun. And mm. also, let's appreciate Nick Nolte because he also had to be a part of that scene. Like, he's playing, like, the, the straight man, but he also had to make Martin Short move around in a way. Can we all just give a round mm. of applause for that? Yeah. You did well. You did well, Shorty. <laughs> now, is that chocolate or oil that's coming out? Oh, it's supposed to be oil, and I think it is oil. I don't think I just think Martin Short's a method actor, and he said, "Pour me an oil." <laughs> he he was a he he's a he's a he's an interesting actor. I mean, I liked him recently. He was in the film Inherent Vice. Um, oh. He was in that movie, and he was comedic and serious. He's a, he's a, he's an interesting actor, man. But is he as interesting as the fact that James Earl Jones is in this movie, adding a lot of weight? To this comedy, oh, just because he's a large, a oh, large man, I didn't yeah. mean it like that. I the mean, guy was a mute. The guy was a mute until he went to high school. Leave him alone. Was he really? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, outstanding. That and now that's why he's got such a good voice. That's why he wanted to do this movie with, with the child. Do you remember what his speak. first movie was? His first Strange Love, probably. Yeah, Doctor Strange Love. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then let's uh, favorite. Do we have a favorite James Earl Jones performance? Yes, Sandlot Kids. Oh, I thought you were going to say this movie. Oh, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Shane. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Mm. Great, great choice, Bartek. You're a big James Earl Jones fan. Am I? Yeah, sure. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Say Lion King. Say Lion King. Um, <laughs> I would have to say the Lie Three Fugitives. <laughs> yes. And yet no one's saying the elephant in the room, which is Conan, <laughs> Conan oh, the Barbarian. Oh, he I... literally turns into a snake. Oh, his hair is so beautiful. I have a in that copy film. of that, but I haven't seen it yet. He's fucking great at it. His hair is so great. See him as a bad guy. He is. Mwah. I like. You know how they do it, the Lion King again. The live action, he's live action, and he's redoing Mufasa. No. I'd like them to redo this movie, but he still plays the, 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 the uh, was it Dugan? Yeah. Uh, Dugan. Dugan. Uh, and he plays him, he's, he's like 80 something years old, and he's still chasing after Nick Nolte Nick and Nolte's Martin Short. 15 armed robberies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And they show you the teaser trailer, it's just his voice over being like, Hey, hey, Rover! And he's just laughing. Like, that's the scene that they use for the teaser trailer. And, and they the use... little girl's now an adult, but she's still being treated like a child. She's played by Phoebe Cates. Because um, this girl looks like a like, uh, tiny Phoebe Cates. If yeah. this girl grew up to be Phoebe Cates, would you be surprised? Don't think so. I would be. So this child actor hasn't gone on to do other films? Nah, man. She no. did like three roles and that was it. Three roles. So this is the third of the three roles or? <laughs> yeah, it would be. I would hope so. I can't remember. Yeah. I think it was the second actually, but. Uh, is it really? Three fugitives, three roles. And then her parents pulled her out and said. She Look. got arrested for stealing hearts. Oh, no, the yeah. twist is it's actually Vern Troyer in, in a wig <laughs> the entire time. There were moments in this in which she did things like little stunts, and I was like, I wonder if that was a little person in a wig because they do that a lot. Like in John Hughes's movie Baby's Day Out, mm. uh, a lot of the baby scenes are just Vern Troyer in a nappy. <laughs> <laughs> so Bartek, I haven't gone in blind into this. I did see the poster, but yeah. okay, you saw the poster too. What did you think you were going to get out of this movie? Um, yeah, I I didn't know what the plot. I didn't have a synopsis of what the film was going to be about. So. You know, it starts off with a person getting out of prison and seemingly wanting to go straight. So I thought, like, oh, okay, 
I guess this is going to be a film about a guy going straight, but, like, something's going to happen to drag him back in. Mm. You were correct. I, yeah, but the part that I wasn't expecting was the the reluctance angle. Uh, right. Like, through all this section of the film especially, where, you know, he literally did not do anything... Well, he, he didn't do anything at this point wrong. Right, yeah. And, and so, but I, and I kept thinking to myself, and this is one of those things that you sometimes mention, Ryan, where the film's listening to my what I'm saying. I'm like, there were witnesses in the bank. Like, surely he can just, like, you know, get arrested and they'll deal with it. And, but then you get scenes of Dugan saying, like, no, 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 he's smart. He thought of this. You you were deceived. They're a team. Like and that made me realize, like, oh, okay. This is a very intelligent film. Yeah. But it's also a comedy. And, you know, intelligence and comedy don't know if you know this go really well together but it also has it also has emotions it does it makes you feel things shane what was one of the most emotional parts of the movie for you what, oh, what when, made you when, feel a lot? when the child speaks yeah that that got me a bit yeah it tugged at the heart it did and i'm like i don't see what you're doing here but it's still working yeah man yeah i really felt bad for bruce mcgill's bar when it got just destroyed by a van <laughs> We had Bruce McGill on f- in a movie for uh, Obsession. Obsessed, sorry. Oh, Obsessed. Right. And I said he usually plays villains. In that movie, he did not play a villain. And I was like, this is very unusual. And then he rocked up in this movie. I'm like, now nah, that's the Bruce McGill I know. He's, he's very familiar. He's yeah. always a villain. Like He's always like some douchebag or something or some corporate guy. But in this, he's Do like... Do you work with Idris Elba in that film? Like, yeah, he was his right. boss. Right, yes. In this movie, though, he is uh, uh, Charlie, right? That's his name. Yeah, Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> Poor Charlie's bar. I felt sorry for him. I... Now, this was a great scene. I thought this was really funny. Just, like, <laughs> the fact that he's just, like, bashing him against the... In front of the police, it takes him a good amount of time to stop it, too. Like, this like is a long callback is... to when he just did this, like, one minute ago. Yeah, exactly. It's a callback to a scene ago. Yes. They call that a scene ago callback. You know, you sometimes think of police as being this almost, like... I don't mean to, I don't mean this to sound mean, but, like, you know non-human entity who like if you commit a crime they will instantly like you know get you get you or like go after you kind of like in gta you get a star all of a sudden they're aggro to you but in this scene you have you have all these things of like you know clearly unwillfully shoving a man into a police station they're just like dumbfounded like what is going on here you keep shaking you're messing up our 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 office yeah 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 they're, and, they're and they like my poor office do until something like actually criminal happens like here now i don't go into police stations very much but if i do, do you think if you <laughs> smacked a martin short against uh the the the, the desk there the whole wall would shake or what <laughs> not as much as it does in this scene so, so well, it's an 89 police station. Oh, right. Yeah, in the 80s, police stations were a lot cheaper back then in construction, unlike today. You're right. Oh. <laughs> in oh. the French version, sorry, he comes out, the gendarme or the officer comes out with a big machine gun <laughs> after the car. But wow. Because it's France, they have different gun laws over there. It's Django. <laughs> it was Django. He's carrying a coffin around the whole time because I had a minigun. In, in many respects, this is sort of a, a carbon copy of the French one, but it's interesting where... This is a bit more risque sometimes. Like, there's a lot more profanity and just the swearings all over the place. Whereas in the French one, there's a few F words that have been translated in English, but it's generally a bit more genteel. Who's doing the most swearing in this movie? It's, uh, uh, you know, that guy. Uh, Nick Nolte. Oh, I, think I, was, I thought it was going to be Martin Short again. <laughs> uh, it's the little girl. Hey, it's me, Martin Short. <laughs> Don't go, Daddy. Don't fucking go. Fucking cunt. 
<laughs> Nick Nolte's got a real high voice now. Don't go. No, um, yeah, I I really want to check out this French version, but if I've checked out this version, do I need to? Nah, you've ticked the box. Okay, it's all right. Take that, France. <laughs> take it, France. Um, beautiful. France is crying with their copy of their Three Fugitives and Just Visiting. Yeah. Just Visiting. Do, do you think that, you know what I love about this though? This is one of those movies. It's the eighties. This movie, I say this a lot, but this movie would be solved a lot easier if they had mobile phones. Like, if mm. there was a movie made today, they wouldn't have to worry about, mm. like, traveling in weird ways that they do in this. Like, they could just phone Charlie on, the, on, on like, a mobile phone and not have to go to the vet's office. All this kind yeah. of stuff. Mobile phones ruin movies is what I'm really saying. I can't really see mobile phone fixing or ruining this film. Though. Oh, oh, well, you know, then you could use maps on your phones instead of them having to go out of their way to go to this place and this place. Uh, I don't know, Bartek. I think I you I could have think, more scenes think... of James L. Jones on the beat instead of him waiting politely at the police station next to a landline phone. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, James L. Jones is in this movie. I Please. was really upset. J E G J, right? Let's abbreviate J E J. Judge. Respect Judge. Yeah. Um. Okay. Mufasa's in this movie, guys. And, um, <laughs> Darth Judge. He does live, uh, which is very unusual for James L. Jones. Does he? <laughs> we don't see what we happens. We don't see to him, him in like the last third of the film, right? We don't see him in a good fifty to sixty to seventy percent of this movie at all. I was very disappointed. I thought, oh, they introduce him; he's going to be the antagonist. He's going to be after them, and then he just doesn't come back. Mm. Like he kind of leaves for a while, and then Alan Rock's in it, and he's like, dude, cl- he's clearly innocent. And, and James Earl Jones is like, no. At some point in the making of this film, they realize there is no women. There is actually no adult woman in the entire film. Let's write yeah, one let's in. Think, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, remember, there was a scene where they took a pregnant lady to the hospital. Okay, well, that definitely <laughs> counts. That's what I'm talking about. Checkmate. <laughs> Checkmate uh, bringing up that scene. I, I'm just, the, it occurs to me at this point in the film, that I'm always waiting for the car chase. Is oh, the this going to be the car chase yeah. scene? The female police yeah, officer? Yeah, guarding the girl yeah. at the orphanage. Yeah, I think they wrote her in because they got that far into the <laughs> film and they realised, hey, there's no chicks. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's a little girl. Our well, pod- adults yeah. who was talking about. I know, yeah. I know. But there are, there's the female... police ra- officer and pregnant lady. <laughs> One of which... So, Shane, I think you're right in what you say. This movie is up there with, you know... Uh, um, uh... It's feminist cinema, I agree, yes. yeah. So, <laughs> what's the... There's a test, right? It's up... This, this uh, one the Biswick, what's called the Biswick test or something? Uh, the, oh, the... The Bechtel test. The Bechtel test. The Bartek test, I call it these days. The Bechtel test. Well, you know... It does succeed in it because the women characters aren't talking about men. Mm. So, um, <laughs> you know. They are named. I mean, they aren't talking to each other either. So, I mean, yeah. it also ticks out bugs. Um, now, Bartek, this is your favorite character, right? Old old vet guy? He's up there. For Veterinarian? Sure, yeah. Really? Who I... is your favorite character then? Because this is my favorite character. Right, and typically when you ask a question, you have to answer it first, but you just did, so now I'm... <laughs> eggs, are on your, <laughs> eggs on your face. The eggs are on my face. It's so good to hear the full word veterinarian. Yeah. You don't hear that enough. Well, if you say vet, and he could be veteran, like... Veteran, yeah. He could be a veteran. I mean, he does... He performed a lot of surgeries. That's a he, whole LEG sketch. He did survive the Spice Wars in Dune. <laughs> this guy was the... You guys, Have you guys seen Dune, the film? He's in, he's in the Dune? Yeah, he's yeah. uh he's the the head of the uh, uh what the was bald it? one. Yeah, the Abraxas. Oh wow. Is he oh that's that the name of the family? It's something like the one where he stings yeah. dad. Mm. <laughs> 
Uh, and he's the one with pus wounds all over his face, mm. and he flies around because he's so fat that they, he has to hover. That's him. Good pickup. And this is his last movie. Mm. I think co- comic performances, I did like this character the most, but I think overall I did like James L. Jones, just for how suspicious <laughs> he was of everything. <laughs> you would play James L. Jones, wouldn't you? Would I? Yeah, you're suspicious of everyone involved. Well, I do have the voice, I guess. Now, now John, when you were a child, though, mm. what, what aspects of this movie really spoke to you? I think just the mismatched pair pairing of Short and, and Nolte, you know? Mm. You had the nerdish, dweebish guy like me. I'd be the Martin Short character. and uh, I would be the Nick Nolte character. Uh, I'd probably be the bank teller, I think. That's, that's okay. my spirit. <laughs> and I just love the comedy of the you know, mismatched pair, which I guess was done to death in the 80s, but it tickled my fancy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and your sisters as well? Did she like the mismatched pair? She loved it. Yeah. Who loved it more? I would say that I did. Wow. Yeah. She was more about the land before time, I think. Really land before time? <laughs> That's a good choice. That's yeah. a great documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the grand... This this house has somehow survived demolishing in this shitty neighbourhood and this vet's got, still can afford this grand old two-storey house? Well, I think... He looks after the gangster's pets, so oh, yeah. respect him. Brings it on and the corn. police... Dogs as well. Yeah, that's right. So this guy works for both sides. He's playing both sides. <laughs> this guy's a real mastermind. He comes across. He makes it seem like he's retired, but he's clearly not. Well, he's, <laughs> he's working, working from home. Dog, yeah. Is he working from home? He's got his gear just. Yeah. And he's just walked from one room to the other, and those um. Well, Bartek, he is insane. <laughs> yeah. So when when yeah when he meets Nick Nolte, all of a sudden he gets all his skills back. <laughs> Because well, he did have that line of, like, I don't know how to do this anymore. But then once Nick Nolte is a dog to you, all your skills come back. That's that's the real dog taste of the me. movie. In the French version, the vet, like, he totally thinks Lucas is a dog all of the time. Whereas yeah. in this one, he thinks, I'm not a doctor. He sort of fluctuates <laughs> between being a senile and not... I did think in the scene where James L. Jones had to question him, I thought he was going to turn around and be like, legitimately give yeah. him the <laughs> the deal, and he was pretending all along because he did play really straight. He was like, "Well, the patient came in," and I'm like, "Okay, okay, he's going with it, he's going with it." But then, but then he was insane and crazy old man, and James L. Jones, I think, legitimately was laughing. I, it felt like very real. It wasn't like yeah, I was a bit confused. Like, is this going to be like a thing of um, he, the vet actually has information, but then clearly when he he, like shoes him off and he's laughing is, is it gonna like trans transition into him going <laughs> you idiot or something like that but no he genuinely found it funny <laughs> get him out of here yeah james o jones has a sense of humor yeah. i do love the idea that they feel accountable because uh they drove him to the bank mm. and he was like i'm gonna rob this bank and it's like and they're like oh jesus no in sorry in the french one they actually drive him to a jewelry store first why? Because he, when he leaves prison in the French one, he's got some jewellery in his safe ca- deposit box, so he wants mm. to pawn it off, and then they take him to the bank after that. Instead of the prison gives him money. Yes, and that's he, right. But why does he go to the bank in the first in the French one? Um, to deposit the money he's earned from selling the jewels. Oh, yeah. right. So I maybe you... the Americans sensibly conflated. By the way, when things. I mentioned an academy earlier, I was talking about this place, not the orphanage. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Looks like a police academy. It, it's it's had, a school for yeah. special tots. Yeah. Um, remember there's that Garbage Pail Kids movie where there's a home for ugly kids? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a prison. Well, a kids or people? People, people. Yeah. Uh, kids, I think. I thought it was people. Well, you I haven't can, seen it. You but... can tell us. You went there. No, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> I just said I haven't seen it. 
I meant the kids' home for ugly, the ugly kids' home. You you went there. No, but that was that doesn't exist. <laughs> Thanks, Bartek. And yes, would... and please, Bartek. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. <laughs> well, you, you had a butt when you went there, then you lost the weight, and oh, sorry. Boom. And now I've just got this flat cone head ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, John. When I said, hey, let's do Three Fugitives, how excited were you to do it? Uh, out of 10, I'd say an 8.2. What about, can I raise you that to a 10? Yes, you can. <laughs> it was a 10, guys. He was like so pumped. You're supposed to no-butt him. <laughs> no-butt, it was actually 10. <laughs> it was actually 10. 10.2. Uh, so, yeah, having to rewatch this, uh, you know, and you've been rewatching this even as an adult, does it just become more mature for you? And upon each rewatch, I don't know how to answer that. I think I will say yes, and uh, <laughs> it just increases my respect for it. Keeps increasing. Yeah, mm. and um, does I feel sort of like I'm betraying fine cinema because you know I sort of only watched the French one once or twice, and <laughs> I'm just you know drinking my Coca Cola remake version here, and I'm. Well, sometimes the American remakes are better than French movies. I mean, just just okay to accept that the French. They they just surrender too easily to Nazis. We just have to admit this, oh, and it's yeah. all good. And, and also, you're in a safe space here because this is unappreciated masterpieces. <laughs> we we promote watching these types of films over and over again. So yeah, man, it's okay to admit that you like Nick Nolte movies. <laughs> you know, are you a big fan of the Nolte? I am. As a kid, I was always mixing up with, like I said before, Gary, Gary Busey. Busey. Like in Point Break, I thought it was Gary Busey. Really? Fun yeah. fact: in Point Break, it is Gary Busey. Yes. <laughs> or that's just a fact, yes. Um, but what are some Nick Nolte movies that you've witnessed in your lifetime? Everyone talks about 48 Hours. Have you seen that, Shane? Never no, a long time ago. A cop movie. Yeah. Bartek, you said that's the only one you I know th- him from, right? I think that's the only one I can think of that I've seen him in. Breakfast yeah. of Champions? Is he in that with Bruce Willis? Uh, no. I'd hope so. Uh, I've seen him in that one where he plays a homeless man. Down who, and out. And, yeah, yeah, who wanders into... Is it Bette Midler's house? Or who is I it? Think Somewhere. So. And he just refuses to leave, and then they make his life better, and then he makes their life better. Wow! <laughs> and it's a real roller coaster. Uh, Cape Fear, he was oh, in Cape yeah, Fear, yeah. the the De Niro Cape Fear. He mm. was he was the counselor, Mister Counselor. <laughs> and oh, he, you you guys are younger than us. You probably loved. Is he in Tropic Thunder? He is in Tropic Thunder. Oh, he's he's the he's the demolitions expert with uh, not the not the demolition expert. The guy whose story that they're making into a film. The guy who pretends oh, yeah, that yeah. he's a veteran from Vietnam and has a hook for a ha- hooks right. for hands. Okay. That's Nick Nolte. How can you tell it's Nick Nolte? <laughs> it's Nick Nolte, and of course the Hulk. He was in the Hulk as Hulk's dad. Didn't know that. He was Rich, the, the Hulk. Eric Banner Hulk. man. Eric Banner, yeah, the real one. Yeah. The real Hulk is that the one you like That's more? That's my preferred one. Yeah. Are you crazy? Yes. Mm-hmm. The Ang like the Ang Lee Hulk, you... <laughs> the one where they put comic book panels on the screen. That's right. That's a good one, isn't it, Eric Banner? Do you think? Ozzy... No, no. The good one is the one with Edward Hulk. Norton. Uh, okay. Yeah, Do you think Alan Ruck would have made a better Edward Norton in the Hulk from two thousand? I think so. Nine? I think yeah. he would have been great in Fight Club. <laughs> and he's and he's there and like Ferris, he, punch me, Ferris. And his version would have been just uh, instead of Brad Pitt, it would have been Michael J. Fox, and it would just be like a Spin City reunion all yeah. over again. Wow. <laughs> oh, there's our Bruce McGill, and he does look exactly like his name, Bruce McGill, with the with his mustache and his ring on his finger. Nick Nolte, get off the screen. We want to talk about Bruce McGill. Mm. Well, they but, call him Bruce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck you. 
That was what, a good that's reference. an unappreciated masterpiece? It is a good unappreciated masterpiece. Um, did you guys want an answer to why Bruce McGill was such a dick to him? Yes. What's your... What do you think? I, I think maybe he just sees an opportunity for money. From someone who doesn't have any money? Mm, but he knows he can rob a bank for him to get the money, to get the passports. To... Yeah. At first, I thought he was suspicious of the fact that um, that he's claiming to have held uh, Nick Nolte hostage. Lucas mm. hostage. But he is. Until Nick Nolte is like, he did hold me hostage. And then like, really? Yeah, yeah, but then so, he changes the conversation. So I, yeah, so I thought like something seedy was going on, but then it just kind of kept playing on from there. I thought there was going to be like a twist where it's like Nick Nolte screwed Bruce McGill over in the past somehow, yeah. and that's why he has a bit of a grudge or you something. You can't have that with an 86-minute running time. Look, if you can't trust a mobster boss, who can you trust? <laughs> why is he wearing a, a tie in such a place? I think he's wearing a tie. Yeah, it's a tie. Him. It's because he's he's undone his tie. because the original he's, tie. I was going. I thought you were going to say, "Why is he continuing to wear this Travis Bickle trench coat?" The, his Columbo trench coat throughout the whole entire movie. <laughs> it's to make him look skinnier and weedier and. Funnier. Is he sweaty or Nick Martin short in these scenes, or is it? No, it's because he's been covered in grease from earlier, so it's um, kind of vaselined his face. Excellent continuity. It is continuity, yeah. and it is pretty excellent. Did you mm. did you appreciate the continuity? Yeah. Because... I noticed that the stain on his right shoulder was there throughout the whole film. I appreciated the stain. Mm. It was a good stain. It stayed where it was. It stained where it was. There you go. <laughs> Nailed that one. Did you did you Bartek think that uh, the daughter was going to speak eventually? Oh yeah. What did you th- oh yeah, I have a big expect. Did you did you expect it when it when it when it happened though? Like when it happened, did you go? Ooh. No, I guess, I guess I didn't. You know what made me get thrown off it? I'm pretty sure that she says it not on camera. Like mm-hmm. like she's not the hey, one yeah. that's focused on oh. in like the frame of the shot. She's like, no, stay. Don't and go. Don't go. Oh, soz. Don't go. The famous line. It's like right up there with Rosebud, you know? <laughs> Don't go. Don't go. I was very worried at this point in the movie that she was going to have superpowers. <laughs> and I was going, We're not Don't watching... do it, guys, because you already took me for a, a spin when I didn't know it was going to be a comedy. What kind of powers do you think she I was going to matter I don't know. The way first... she stared, I was like, she's going to levitate something soon. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to really annoy me because I don't like that to be in my <laughs> drop dramedies. He's he's got a problem with levitation. I do. Or any you kind thought of he's superpowers. Gonna, you thought he's gonna turn into Carrie for some reason? I thought this was gonna be a superhero. This is movie. the poltergeist house. Oh yeah. Nobody yeah. say Wingardium Leviosa. I do love the fact that this scene just plays out and it's just played straight and then he just walks away. It's not like yeah. in, in a more modern movie, it would be John C. Riley would walk in mm. and he'd be like, So here I am opening dog food. Here's your dog food. Here's your food, you dog. Goodbye. Eat your food, dog dog. And he like walks <laughs> over and like <laughs> rubs his ear or something and he's like, Go eat your food because I think you're a dog and then walks away. Like that's how that scene would play out in a new mm. movie, but this one. Just silence. No signposts. I could, yeah. I think the only thing that could, like, you could have added to it to make it just still be subtle, just like he looks at Nick Nolte and gives a smile, then walks away. No, I, I think he, he did it good. He was just like, you don't do I that. I think it's great. I think that's like the only thing that I would have added if I did it. You see, you're not a dog man. You just, you just put your dog's food yeah. there and just kind of walk away. I'm awful. No, I don't. You smile tickle them under I, the I, chin. I smile at dogs. I'm awful. <laughs> if they're all the way on the other side of the room, <laughs> nah. Of course you do. <laughs> of course you do. You tickle them on Where's the chin. Where's your humanity? Uh, now Bruce McGill's got a great shirt on. Mm. Purple. He's confused. It's a lavender. No, lavender. purple. Yeah. You don't need to wear a tie, Mister Boss. 
<laughs> in the French version, it's more a lively sort of, it's not as dark. Jazz club? <laughs> a bit. There's like, you know, Tunisian French people there dancing and drinking. Whereas here it looks, it's, it reads criminal, doesn't it? Oh, well, Shame. yeah. Yeah, like a gangster, yeah, a mobster. I mean, he's got a pinky ring, guys. I mean, and, they're that... in a, and they're in a back room. Dang, I, I wish I looked up. I, I swear I know that uh, the, 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 the black henchman from something. I swear mm. he's like an actor that that's someone from something. Like, he reminds me of that actor from those Mannequin movies. You remember Mannequin? The one where well, no, Man- no. Mannequin oh, no. comes to life? Maybe. Where a guy finds a female mannequin and then she comes to life again because she was accursed to be a mannequin. This is a real movie. We'll be covering them one day. It's safely G or PG rated, right? <laughs> um, I hope so. Yes. And they have a character in there that's like this big, loud, gay black man and he reminds me of that actor for some reason. I don't mm. think it is, but he reminds me of him. It's definitely not Albert Popwell, the I gots to know man. I know that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen his face a few times. <laughs> This is coming up to my favourite scene, which oh. is with the um, German Shepherd, with the policeman. <laughs> All right. Um, visit the vet. Oh, this is a great scene. I legitimately thought that that dog had a history with Nick Nolte, because they were like, yes. yeah, he got injured four years ago. But, yes. like, but wait a moment, Nick Nolte's been in prison for five yeah. years. Yeah. It doesn't add up. But yeah. I thought the dog was like, you're the one who did something to me. And I'm like, ooh. The dog was injured in prison. <laughs> John, is it true in the French version that the German Shepherd is played by a French bulldog? Yes, and. <laughs> uh, in the French version, he's actually, the dog's name is Fang. I don't know, the French Fong? F-A-N-G. Fong. Because he's got fangs, I guess. Fong. Yeah. Sounds a bit Asian. Fong? Yeah. Yeah, it does. No, it makes me think of, there's that Christopher Walken performance in the film Bowls of Fury, the one where he plays an Asian man in a ping pong movie, and his name is Fang. But they've been calling him Fang the entire movie. And he's like, no, no. And he's not even bothering with an accent. He's like, no, it's Fang. <laughs> You've been calling me Fang the entire time. It's Fang. And it's, 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 there's an E in there. And it's just like, <laughs> and he's in the full, like, he's got the big geisha girl type hair going on. And, like, this outfit's crazy. He's got, like, these massive nails. He's got the Fu Manchu and everything going on. But he plays ping pong. That's a good one to check out. Uh, I really thought the film's going to take an interesting turn with Nick Nolte shooting the girl. That would have been an interesting oh, wow. twist. And then she uh, levitates the bullet away. <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah. And then she magnetos the bullet away. Uh. Yeah, yeah. And cripples James McAvoy and he becomes uh, Professor X. Yeah, yeah. That would have been a real great twist to the thing. And we don't see Martin Short again. It's just an X-Men film now. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. He is. He, he He's in it still. But he becomes like the angry human who's like, I vowed to destroy mutants <laughs> yeah he becomes striker from x-men 2 is what i'm saying so guys this film is like you were saying an odd couple movie right mm-hmm. yes do we have a favorite buddy odd pairing movie or duo hmm. of people i mean my obvious one is planes trains and automobiles that's a of course classic yeah. i like me <laughs> yeah. what's he say what's that like yeah yeah i like me <laughs> yeah my wife likes me <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a go to. But is there any one of those that stand out as favourites to you? You can you can say Rush Hour. Look, I, I was going to say Lethal Weapon, but we don't like Mel anymore. He's just he's a piece he's of just garbage. Not a good human being. So, but but he, that pairing back in the day that was that I, was very fun I to think, watch. I think I'm obliged to say here's a plug. 
Clint, you know, Harry Callahan and uh, Chico Gonzalez, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Chico, yeah. He's obviously a college-trained uh, sociologist who joins the police force, and Harry's been on the streets for 20 years, ex-Marines, and will they will they match, you know, they oil and water? But they do match in the end, don't they? So they're not really... Bartek? This could be my favourite. Hmm. Mm, it's an interesting pairing, because we've had a few of them on the show already. Yeah, but Br- Bruce Cook and Rupert Grint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good pairing. I like how none of us said the odd couple <laughs> themselves. <laughs> the, the... I, I liked, um, they're not an odd couple, but it is a buddy film, Butch Casting the Sundance Kid. Right, that that's, a, a, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, not quite odd couple, though, because they're both... They're a good couple. Yeah. There's Turner and Hooch. Oh, well, that is a good that is a good pairing. It's almost as good as Will Arnett with um in that movie that came out this year, oh, Show Dogs. Oh, okay. With uh, oh, yeah, that looks shite. No man, I saw it in the cinema. Great. Okay. Is it gonna be on the show? We'll we will, we'll be on the show. You know the movie that had to be cut from a G-rated movie to a G-rated movie. Did you hear about that? No. It um the film Did had you know the controversy. The no, controversy. It had really. it had scenes alluding to and or promoting sexual grooming for children. Oh, and so it was a G-rated movie, and then they had to re-edit it to be a G-rated <laughs> movie. That must be a first. It is. I hope so. Um, it's no, it's no this movie. Three Fugitives. Yeah, they're they're a great buddy pairing. Midnight Run is also a classic. Everyone points to Charles Grodin and uh, Robert De Niro, right? Kangaroo Jack. Well, yeah, I mean, the kangaroo and Anthony Anderson, <laughs> what, a, what a double pairing. Now, this is a great scene. Mm. The, the tension's real in this scene, yeah. but also the dog's so cute. Yeah. Shane, do you prefer the name Max or Fang? Uh, you can just call me Shane. <laughs> I am talking about the dog. Oh, right, right. Uh, yeah. Just a stupid continuity thing. Do they know for a fact that he's shot? They just heard a gun no, shot off in the car. Yeah, Dugan knows. He knows? Okay. Yeah, because... Um, Why do you fire a gun? But he because he says he, he wouldn't fire a gun. Yeah. So then he's like, oh, it's the other guy. Yeah. But um, here's the thing you got to know is uh, here's a trivia fact. I got this on my own volition. Mm. That dog Obviously. is dead now. Oh, I just really? To remind everyone. <laughs> from from kids. Hang on, how many years? And his kids probably. Uh. <laughs> when we did 101 Dalmatians, I, I was very confident in saying every single every dog day. is dead. Oh. Ryan does that in every episode. With an animal. And prominent. I always see it coming. This time I didn't, but then you looked at me. I'm like, oh, I see what Because uh, I thought you knew it was coming along. And I'm like... When you looked at me, I'm like, oh, this trivia. Um, yeah, the dog's dead, guys. Sorry to mention it, but I think we needed to point it out. It's the dead dog in the room. That's that's what yeah, I needed to point out. celebrity deaths really get to me. <laughs> he was one of the 2016 ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, too much, too much drugs in his youth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> too much dog acting in his youth. I did like the fact... Now, here's the thing. A lot of movies slip up on this thing of continuity that like we are talking about before. Nick Nolte does put continuity into the limp. Like, he really doesn't, like, falter on that. Like, I he's always that. very active in his physicality on his uh, injury in his leg. You he know? was clearly watching Andy Robinson as Scorpio and Dirty Harry limping. Yeah, yeah that was it was cue. it was it was directly a complimenting performance to that. Nick Nolte's like, man, I tried to be that role, but they just didn't think I was Andy Robinson enough. I, and, d- I uh, did like that he also had the thing of like it is getting 
better throughout the film, but it's yeah. always there, yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And even later, Martin Short continued some injuries that he uh, had in the movie as well. Like, near the end of the movie, he's limping around too from certain things that happened to him. Well, he's had a lot of exhaustion happening. I mean, he had to sleep, sleep in a fish tank. Yeah. Which we never got to see, but I would have loved to have seen that scene. In went which... from Well, he was in fishnets at one point, so logically he would move to fishnets. Uh, to f- uh, yes. Yes, Bartek, I understand what you said. Um, We're going to talk about my favourite scene that's Ooh. coming up, which is Trolley Gang. I love the gang, the, the two youths right. that are just pushing around a trolley, <laughs> and they're very angry about the fact that this guy's sleeping in where they beat up trolleys, I guess. Like, instead shopping of, trolleys. Instead of a trolley in the French one, they've got an 80s sort of boombox. Oh, are they beating it up too? Yeah, very corny. <laughs> are they beating it up though? No. Because, hey... Let, yeah, gingerly, gen- gently on their shoulders. But did, to hey, beats. but did you notice this film referenced that boombox? Because what? Nick Nolte, when he's leaving prison, he hands right. one of the guys yeah. his little boombox. Yeah. Is that what he hands him? Okay. Yeah, man. He's crashed over that. at the start. Is he going to the toilet or something? You know, when we first see him in the prison, McNeil mm-hmm. prison, yeah. He's in cocaine. His <laughs> last cocaine before he leaves. <laughs> You'd hope so. That quality prison coke. But... <laughs> I did love the gang of youths that are just pushing around a shopping trolley and just like hurling it downstairs and they jump down the stairs to beat it up some more. I'm like, this is what was happening in the 80s, I guess, you know? They hadn't invented GTA yet. Bartek, in GTA, do you bump into gangs of youths pushing around shopping trolleys and beating them up? GTA needs more shopping trolleys. They should make GTA 6. San on shopping trolley. That's what they should call it, man. I've nailed that one. City of Trolleys. That's what they should call it. <laughs> Troll City. Fat Tony's Big Trolley. That's what they should call it. These are the things they should call it. Now, this was a sweet little moment here. You know, it's showing visually that they're bonding. But he, Martin Short, is isolated. I see. Juxtaposition. Who's the real daddy? <laughs> oh, Bartek. We know yeah. the answer. It's James L. Jones. Jig. Jig. <laughs> Jig. JPEG. Uh, so, um, GIF, our boy. No. Uh, yeah, this movie has a lot of twists and turns. Did you ever worry that they were going to get caught by the police? I don't think I thought ahead. Like that. I think I'm a bit surprised. He's just, what, 300 metres away in a warehouse? Surely they might scout the... I don't know. The but house. They, they know but, he can't get far. But they don't. They don't. They're Cause dumb. Because he, he knocked them out. Yes. Nick Nolte is really strong in this movie. <laughs> Did you notice that? How strong Nick Nolte is? Like, I personally don't think I'd be strong enough to lift both a Martin Short and a little girl. Yeah. But yeah, he can. He lifted that guy out of the red car, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he... No, seriously. he It's like he's like um a power lifter. <laughs> like, he like just grabs this guy from the car and lifts him with, like, little to no stress in doing so. And I'm like, I don't think I could do that, you know? Like, I, I yeah. legitimately would throw my back out doing like, that. And even, I'm a young man. Nick Nolte, what, he must be, like, 59 years old in this? Like, nah. even someone who I would think is, like, strong enough to do that with one arm, like, Nick Nolte made it look really effortless. There was, like, no weight to that guy. He can't be that strong. His heart is melting. <laughs> well, he has to be strong because we saw it in the film. Look at these two guys. Nick Nolte would just lift him up with one hand and just be like, "Yo, I'm strong. I'm Nick Nolte." That's why he played the Hulk's dad. All oh, right, makes sense. They saw this movie. Ang Lee saw this movie and said, "What is ah, he, the Incredible Hulk?" Wait what, a second. Wait a moment. I'm making just the Hulk. <laughs> 
Not the Incredible Hulk. Is that sawdust grain or sand? Shane? It's it's it, isn't Not it? Sure. <laughs> it it ants nests. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Ryan. These Ant-ils. guys are magical. And the bit with the trolley, it's you know up there with um with Gutenberg in Police Academy <laughs> Two when he's trying to input. Yeah, Jughead, Jughead. <laughs> this movie could have used more Gutenberg. Every movie can. Or more Bo- more Bobcat Goldthwait. Every movie could use more Bobcat. <laughs> Bobcat could have played the guy taking his pants off and he's like, oh, jeez, man. Oh, and just takes his pants off and then throws them at him and then he could be an antagonist throughout yeah. the rest of the movie getting his pants back. Mm. You know that voice is put on, right? I know that. <laughs> you know why he did it? He was nervous on stage when yeah. he was a stand-up. So yeah. yeah, yeah, because yeah. Bobcat, he's, he, he's a good director yeah. too. Like, um, I'd recommend watching The World's Greatest Dad, really? Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, that's great. Really? It's fu- it's fucking funny, but really sad too. Like, that's the yeah. movie where, uh, that's the one with Robin Williams where his son's like the world's biggest asshole. And then asphyxiates himself to yeah, death. Yeah, sexually yep. asphyxiates himself to death and Robin Williams stages it look like a suicide yeah. and everyone's like, oh, your poor son and you, poor you. And he's like, oh, I know. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a good movie. And he has some real great movies in his catalogue too, Bobcat. Worth checking out as well as an actor. Bobcat should have been in this. Mm. That as voice. one of the police officers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as, no, no, as the guy who gets his pants stolen. Okay. Now, Bartek, on a scale of 1 to 10. 5. Okay. Shane, on a scale of 1 to 10, how sexy is Nick Nolte in this outfit? Mm, it's, he's about a 3.5. I wish I said 8. You mean you mean a 10, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> a 10? <laughs> um, yes. The real question <laughs> is, is he better looking than the hood he stole the uh, the get-up his clothes from? <laughs> yeah, I think so, man. I agree. Nick Nolte, I've never thought, mmm, leather pants. But this movie said, mmm, yes. He can lift me with his right arm any day. <laughs> Those poor nuts. They just got <laughs> fucking devastated. This guy, I wanted to see more of this guy because he seemed like he had a lot of social anxiety because in this scene he's just proving... No, I haven't, we don't even know what they're arguing about before this yeah, scene says, starts. Yeah, he what do you mean I've lost my nerve? Yeah. What a thing to be angry about, that mm. particular put-down. <laughs> you don't want to catch him with his pants down. It's probably best he's going to the toilet if he's so angry. He's got to, he's got to, he's got to drop him in deuce. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I feel sorry for him, man. He's losing everything, according to the other guy. Well, but, Bart- Bartek, we haven't seen our heroes, I mean, the cops for a while. Do you reckon they could be in this, this movie more? I well, know. I did mention that they're not in the last third of it. Um, and I said yeah. they're not in the last 70% of everything. That's right. Well, you, you meant overall, though. I was talking of everything, about, yeah. I was just talking about, like, you know, there's a point where you just don't see them anymore, and that's when Nick Nolte's um, kind of off the hook for the bank robbery at the yeah. beginning of the film. Right. Um, and I, I guess in a, in another world, I would have liked to have seen them a bit more throughout the film, even if it's just in that, like, you know, the part, the section of the film where Nick Nolte is under, uh, su- suspected of robbing the bank. Mm. But I have to say this film was fantastic. Yeah. Is it your favorite, um, bank heist movie? <laughs> I know it's no dog day afternoon. Um, look, it's up there definitely with I, I don't remember if it was Baby a bank driver? exactly, but um, you know, catch that kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Chris is doing it. Was it a bank or was it just a big company? A company, company, company vault. Well, still a heist film. There's this Bill Murray movie where he robs a bank, and at the beginning of it, the bank it's all about he robbed a bank and has to get away with it. him, Randy Quaid, and Gina Davis. Uh, and it's all like, oh. and he pretends he's he's dressed up as a clown. And he, like, lets go of his balloons to block the camera. Do you guys remember this? Mm. What's her name? Bandits? Sounds no, like a very vivid one. dream. 
No, and then there's a, uh, and then you know he is on the phone. He's like, release hostages one at a time, and then he releases himself as one of the hostages without the clown makeup, and they don't know that it's not him. And then he goes off, and then, and then years later. Denzel Washington did a very similar movie where he was the policeman and the, it's the exact same crime heist. And I'm like, what are you ripping off Bill Murray movies now, Denzel? Do you really need an Oscar again? Come on. But Bartek, Shane, John, who right. deserved an Oscar the most in this movie? The short bank teller. <laughs> okay, I know you want, I would you want an Oscar. This me, yes. <laughs> you want it because you want to play him the yes. most. Shane. Is best... that a no but from you, Ryan? No buts. No buts, please. I think you're angling for Martin Short, right? Yeah, we're giving you give Martin it to Short. him. It's, it's, a good, it's a good choice, man. The Short performs, man. Yeah, he's memorable. <laughs> Look at his ears. Yeah, They're performing, they the man. <laughs> they're, they're, they're pulling through. Bartek... Oscar-winning actor in this movie. Look, when it comes to people that win Oscars, you have to look at like you know the unique things that they did. So like you know when um when Heath Ledger won for the Joker, he was like playing this crazy character. I was like, oh, look how crazy this character is. It's very very, you know, it's something different. It's not just playing a guy really really well. You have to give it to a character that is, you know, showing a, a sort of broken part of humanity. That's why we have to give it to the veterinarian. Oh, I knew you were going to yeah. point to him. <laughs> I knew you were going to... And I had a reason, too. You grow on. That was I your... I said you... the reason. No, say it again. Because he was playing a, a person, broken man. A broken man. He's, he's not mentally there. Oh, uh, so he's Forrest Gumping it, right? I guess. You know, yeah, yeah. It has to be one of those. It's either you have to have uh, someone who's playing someone... Physically or mentally disabled, uh, something like they're gay or dying of AIDS. Like these are the Oscar-winning performances, mm. uh, or 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 they're grief-stricken. And this guy, and, and like Tropic Thunder points out, not going full retard. Not <laughs> going full retard. No, you went full, full retard. Um, <laughs> said by a person who was nominated for that. All right. <laughs> yeah. What was the old wording on DVD boxes, Shane? Or was VHS like the phrase was acknowledged by Oscar or rewarded by Oscar, and that had the picture of virtual medal animated trophy. As Oscar, yeah. Was it acknowledged by? I can't remember. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Oscar, yeah, yeah. Academy Award yeah. nominated yeah. or acknowledged yeah. by. Now there was funny verb. I can't think. I'll I'll let you guys know. It's um, funny. owned. Owned. <laughs> by Oscar. The winner. Martin Short acknowledged for. <laughs> Martin Short seen by Oscars but not nominated. Passed you're right. Over. The stain's still there, right? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. Continuity yeah. girl. Well done. Oh, sorry. A woman. Or Very boy. Good. We don't know. <laughs> mm, or dog. Continuity. We don't know. It could have been... No- Continuity entity. It was Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I gotta get a role in this. I mean, you know, Gary Busey, what would he have been doing at this time? Probably having his brain injury at the time, right? Yeah. It's been a few years before. Yeah, what did he do his big things? Big Wednesday and then Point Break? There's a whole other His return to form after his brain injury was Predator 2. Oh. That was his first movie back after he had a brain injury. To, to go back to the Oscars, if any of these actors were to die... Um... Who would get the, the biggest post-memoriam? like no, no, uh, you memoriam? Know how, you, Yeah, you know how in the memoriam they sometimes show like a clip from something... <sighs> Is there any clip from this film that you would give to any actor that died? 
and Martin uh, Short's wearing a dress at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Versatile gender roles. And him saying in that scene, like, don't look at me. <laughs> that would be great. And Steve Martin introduces the, the segment. That would be... Well, that Nick Nolte saying, I'll be back, I promise. <laughs> yeah. I'll be back. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I would also really want to give it to uh, Alan Rock, just mm. because... His scene where he's also laughing is worth it too. Um, or the little girl, the biggest plot twist, is in like eighty years time they give it to this little girl who's only in like three, <laughs> three projects. Or they could just like not even she dies, just like they just play the clip of her saying "Don't go." <laughs> <laughs> and the winner for best picture in two thousand eighteen is. Such and such, and then they just play that clip instead. <laughs> don't go. Don't go. I love this joke. That I love the joke that the police just don't know who they are yeah. until like it's too late. It's like, oh yeah, that's who it is. I do like that they're polite enough to move out of the way of the van. Like, yeah. uh, we are on an active road, guys. It's like, no, you have to hit us. Shane, where's little girl running to in particular? Just away? Just away, I think. Mm. When you were a little girl having to run away from Nick <laughs> Nolte and Martin Short not I, getting yeah. back together. I, I, I ran straight to the ice What's cream shop. What's the answer, Well, you know how she said that Nick Nolte went away? Yes. She's going... Away. Oh. To home and away the set of the famous Australian soap opera so that she can get a role on it to then eventually lead to her being in an Avengers movie. Is that it? Did it start in the 80s? <laughs> yes. 88. 88. Ooh, so it's fresh. Yeah, fresh. What a good present we gave ourselves for the bicentennial years. <laughs> Great soap. <laughs> home and away. There. We've just um, forgotten the, 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 the tidbit here that uh, Nick Nolte said he grew up in a children's home. And he turned out fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at you, law-abiding citizen. <sighs> this movie is not endorsing children's homes. Are there any movies that endorse them? They get Problem a bad rap. Child gets a bad rap, doesn't it? Gilbert Godfrey is the administrator's Oh, if Gilbert Godfrey's the administrator, then it's the best film ever made. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey. That's also a voice being put on. What about Oliver? Do they give him some more? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they get really mad that he asked for more and have a song about it. <laughs> and then Oliver Reed comes in and drunk and he's like, no, I'll show you more and kills a kid. Yeah. <laughs> there's a line in that song which has faulty logic. Well, two lines, actually. I love the fact that you remember great details about Oliver, but then there'll great be other... details. Yeah. Mistakes. Like little things. Like, yeah, well, actually, great, great de- details. Yeah. Wow, you really showed me there, Vartek. Oh, yeah, Ryan. I remember <laughs> locations. Yeah. Just because I remember geography. Like, you just really just showed like me two there. degrees in this subject. <laughs> Here's a fun fact. In the original uh, stage production of Oliver before it came a movie, uh, Barry Humphreys played Fagan in the first ah. rollout in, 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 in London. Yeah, so there you go. I would love to have seen him do it in the movie. Dame Edna um, is Fagan. <laughs> but I guess he was too busy not... You've got to pick a pocket or two, gladiolis. Or... <laughs> <laughs> no, he does his Les Patterson. <laughs> real fucking, real drunk and misogynistic. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to pick a pocket or two. You know Were I mean? you worried about this old man? Did no. you think like Martin Short? Like the worst of people? No. No, you you were on board for old men giving girls candy. Not these. You heard it here, I've got folks. So you thought that he was gonna scam her out of her money. I yeah. <laughs> I really thought it was gonna be like Bruce McGill rips off her grey wig and is like, aha, it's me all along. Not really, but I really wanted him to come back. 
Mm. What I'm saying is one of my big problems with this movie, and I think it's one of the reasons that are unappreciated, is the uh, it kind of shifts gears from antagonists. It's like Bruce McGill's an antagonist. James Oak Jones is an antagonist. Judge. Sorry, judge. Uh, Canada is an antagonist. <laughs> yeah. Well, doesn't um, doesn't Nick Nolte have a line just as um, Martin Short is leaving him at the vet? Uh, don't trust anyone. That's what he says when on the lamb. Keep your head down. Don't trust anyone, even your friends. Yes, and he, Martin Short, is definitely on the lamb throughout the whole film and the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. All of them are, man. Except for Nick Nolte, I guess he's fine. Well, he's gonna stick around as the. When they get into the two men and the little lady section of the film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy's best movie. In the French version, sorry to interrupt with that. Oh, I think I think the actual girl says, um, oui, oui. my dad's in jail and my mummy's dead. My dad's in jail. She tells the cops when they I think. When, yeah. Right. She says it in French though, right? Oui. <laughs> or as a cool mm. French kid say, way. Oui. Mama Kablooey, daddy, bye-bye. <laughs> I like that we don't find out how the mum died, but I do love how um, unin- like disengaged uh, the police are when they're at his house, and it's like, yep, wife dead, something wrong with the daughter, what's not wrong with normal. her? I don't not, know. Normal. <laughs> not normal. Well, not normal. Not normal. A lot of kids that weren't normal in the 80s. Well, we don't get Nick Nolte's backstory either. Well, he robbed 14 banks. Apart from this part, but do about his family, does he, have do. does he have a woman? These no. guys don't have career well, changes. Well, see, he, he robbed 14 banks and he was in a, a children's home. That's it. Maybe the very same Children's home, robberies, Oh, and he, know, and he knows Bruce. <laughs> oh, still. Do they say he robbed 14 banks or just 14 armed robberies? 14 <laughs> convictions. But, yeah. 14 armed robberies. Like, they could have just gone to a shop and, like, gone... Well, he's a bank man. <laughs> even, Br- even Charlie says he won't strike for so little money. Well, that's a good point. When it was like yeah. 13 grand or 14 grand or whatever it was. Like, you wouldn't strike a bank for that little amount of money. So, unless there's some really, 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 really well-funded, like, liquor stores... Well, maybe, maybe he's like, you know, thinks of everything relative. Like, okay, bank, nothing less than 50,000. But a betting <laughs> shop, you know, go yeah, I know, I like the idea that he walks into a liquor store and he's like... Give me the gold. <laughs> and, they just, <laughs> and they're like, we don't have any. And they're like, yes, you do. And then they have to open up the basement. And there's like crates upon crates of like glowing gold. gold. And they're like, how did you know? And he's like, I know all. <laughs> like, or he goes to like, he does he robs a diner. And he's like, all right, give me the nuclear weapons. <laughs> like, I want to sell them on the black market. It's like, we don't have any. No, no, they, they do it the other way around. It's like, all right, we'll give them to you. Then they go to the back and it's like, oh, we lied. We don't have any. Oh, we're out. We just so- we just sold them to... <laughs> we were robbed last week. <laughs> we were robbed last week. Ryan, did you love this scene? I think James O. Jones loved this scene. Jud loved this scene. <laughs> Jedge. Jedge. You better love it because it's the last scene we see them in, I think, isn't it? Except when the, report, the next scene where the reporters come out saying that Lucas isn't the best. Yeah, I think that's the last scene, right? Yeah. And then he says, like, Lucas. <laughs> George Lucas. <laughs> Rocky's great in this. I love it, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love I just liked watching the guy's eyebrows move when he talked. Yeah, there's sort of a bit of a Tony Curtis look about him in the later years. Tony Curtis in his later years? Yeah, those big eyebrows. I never yeah, I guess so. I yeah. never thought of Tony Curtis's big eyebrows. I thought like He had him. Check it out. 
Check it out, guys. Check you heard out. it here. Check out Tony check Curtis's eyebrows. When he said, wait, I have something else, I thought that was going to come back, but it didn't. Look at James go. Let it go, James. Mm. Alan Ruck, you, you're already gone. He did really look like Edward Norton laughing then. The equi- James O. Jones just can't help himself. The equivalent scene of this in the French version doesn't have the vet coming at all. They oh. just refer on the phone that we found the money at the vet's house. And then James O. Jones laughs hysterically to the bank. <laughs> so in that movie, they know... Judge. That movie, they know all the time that to the end that Lucas... And you see them a few more times that Lucas and him, they suspect it together and... yeah. Man, do you wish you could be someone who can be called by all three names? With James Earl Jones? Yeah. I can. Yes, be. that's great. Mm. Like, Jones is surname, but... Or, everyone will go around saying, Bartwomye Piotkaspshisha. Like, don't you wish you oh, could... Whoa, whoa, does your name have podcast in it? <laughs> Bartek Podcast. Podcast. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, podcast is a very famous Polish word. Yeah, we invented it, actually. Uh... <laughs> I do, I, yeah, I, that or do you wish you could be someone who's just called by one name, like Cher? Yeah, that's way cooler. Yeah. It's less pretentious, somehow. What, being one name? One name, yeah. I don't know, man. Even Sh- Jesus is Jesus Christ. H. Christ. <laughs> of Nazareth. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, sorry to interrupt. It looks like Police Academy, this uh, children's orphanage. Well, there you go. Maybe mm. it is. Maybe the goot's waiting in there. Oh, so that's why you thought of this place when I said Academy. Yeah. Yes, Bartek. The giant building. It really reminded me of an academy. Unlike the one that we saw just a corner of. Yeah. But the one that you saw a corner of had a sign in front of it. Oh, that's different then. Exactly. I'm very soz. You're very forgiven. Now, would you want to see a continuation of these guys' stories, Shane? Absolutely not. No, but (laughs) let me pitch it to you like this. Each one's a different genre. How like, that be? Okay, so the next one is like a vampire film noir. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now I'm in. Like, like, oh my God, Martin Short's been bitten by a vampire in mm-hmm. Canada, mm-hmm. and now he's turning, and Nick Nolte is like, oh, oh no. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, you got me. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. And then the third one, they go to space. Fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm into that space, too. space, there'll be a lot of levitation, though. Amazing. <laughs> But yeah. that's science, right? This is not supernatural. Well, he's, but he's a, here's the thing. In space, we don't know if there are vampires there. Right. Because telescopes have mirrors in them. True. Uh-huh. So, how Ryan, do we know if space isn't filled with vampires? But Ryan, aliens can be anything. Exactly. So, third one, what would you call them? Would you call them like three fugitives, four fugitives, five fugitives, Perfect. and like, like gain the more? And then they eventually yeah. give up to Magnificent Seven. Like, you know, they eventually <laughs> work their way after that to Ocean's Eleven. 100%. Or we haven't seen a franchise really go backwards. Maybe two fugitives, one fugitive, zero, negative one fugitives. <laughs> That's where things start to get quite and interesting. Then, yeah, yeah, when they're little sperms and in they're the fighting quantum, against each the other. And then realm. eventually the filmmakers are done, and then a few decades, decades later, there's like a, a remake. A new, no, not a remake, but like a new sequel, like a Rocky Balboa, and it's just called Three Fugitives Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like the Rambo movies, it's yeah. just all confusing. Yeah. Like the Dirty Harry movies, where you don't need to say Dirty Harry 2, you call it Magnum Force, and then, like, to the point in which you go, so which one's the fourth one? Magnum Fourth. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Magnum Fourth. <laughs> what is the fourth Dirty Harry movie? There's like five of them, right? Sudden Impact. The third one, through. Yeah, Sudden Impact, right? Is the fourth one? It's the fourth one, Sudden Impact. And the third one is? Is The Enforcer. And the fifth one is The Deadpool. The Deadpool. Is that where Deadpool got his name from? 
<laughs> I said this to all my nerd friends when this movie came out. I said, there's only one effing Deadpool. But you're lucky because it's a piece of shit. So this uh, <laughs> this uh, animation one, this uh, Marvel one's going to be better. Uh, I don't know. It didn't have Jim Carrey as a drug-idled rock star. So what's the point? Career-defining role. It really actually was. Yes. <laughs> Helped launch him into the film world. Unlike this lady. Um, An adult lady, we should say. <laughs> Ooh, with a speaking role. So, um, take your comments back, Shane, and put them in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit late. Would like to follow her story a bit more in the sequel. Well, man, maybe she's just suffering from, like... Burnout. Post-traumatic stress disorder, because her husband died in the war. This mm. is all the story for two fugitives. Husband mm. died in the war? This does not pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she doesn't speak about him. She mentions husband dying in the war. No, 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 she doesn't. The narrator does. Ah. You know, James L. Jones does as a narrator, as a narrator, narrator. but he's not Dugan. <laughs> you just have, he's just, hey, man, if you had to have him voice your life, wouldn't you? Yeah. Or are you more of a Keith David kind of guy? Nah, Judge. Judge? <laughs> wow, you're really, you're really putting uh, Morgan Freeman out to pasture, huh? You don't want him? He's but literally... He has two, two words to his name. Morgan Freeman. You're right! <laughs> They're both first names, too. Yeah, Morgan Freeman? Yeah, Freeman. <laughs> both. <laughs> uh, Keith David has two first names. Yeah, you're right. David's not a first name. <laughs> Keith is, though. You're right. Yeah. So, this sequence here is really sad. Very much. This this movie isn't afraid to make you sad, guys. Did did you feel sad here, Bartek? Did you think that she wasn't going to eat anymore? Of course, Ryan. This is this is this is the uh, the real in memoriam scene. <laughs> she died because she didn't eat. <laughs> you know what they say: never, never, ever eat. Yes. Um. Don't eat shit. Okay, I'm leaving. There's a good one. Has he done the lifting scene already with Martin Short no. and her? So yeah, no, not so yet. That's in the so house, this right? this explains why he can lift two people. Yeah, Martin Short lost thirty kilos for this role, <laughs> and the child's on and, and his character's probably losing weight now because he's like and basically he he slept in a fish tank. Mm, so absolutely. Martin Short every night would tuck himself into like a, a fish tank that you have in your house, and he would curl himself like up. A fish bowl. <laughs> yeah, a fish bowl. He lives in the castle. He lives in the little. <laughs> and he's always and he's always trying to open up the little treasure chest, but it just won't <laughs> open for him. <laughs> and Nick, like Nick Nolte, he thinks he knows where the gold and is. And then Nick Nolte has to walk over every night and just dump a little bit of fish kibble <laughs> in his bowl. Not too <laughs> much. Not too much. A man sure will eat, will eat himself to death. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the police are like, you can't be a fish in this dog eat dog town, man. But fish do eat fish in this fish eat fish town. That's that's true. Um, here's the thing, guys, though. With this movie, there's a time, there's a there's the uh, dated quality to it. Like this is a very 1980s movie. This yeah. has the soundtrack and the actors and the kind of. Let's be honest, you won't see a movie like this made today, would you? No. Well, Ryan, he did just call a pink monkey him. That sounds pretty progressive. <laughs> wow, you're right. He was really flying the flags of like gender fluidity. The language is all over the place for a PG film, isn't it? 
Don't you appreciate that, though? Asshole. I do. And that's something you wouldn't get these days. Yeah. Do you think there's... Does it look like a telly movie to you? Yeah. It looks no? like a cinematic movie to me. Really? It's got Martin okay. Short in it. Yes. <laughs> I mean... Whenever I see those sh- scenes we saw with the beds in the dormitory, the orphanage, it always just looks cheap to me, no matter, no matter how it's done with the light uh, streaming in. I just think yeah. TV, movie, or... Mm-hmm. Orphanage and cheap? Doesn't go together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he took you down the road. Oh. Well, speaking of Bartek... Yes, speaking of me, orphanages are cheap. <laughs> no, I was just bored, and yesterday I googled, is the name Kowalski comes from the word Slusarsh, meaning locksmith, and that's what our character here is. A locksmith is a great profession to him. He's been robbing all these banks, and now he's fallen back on his, um, the only thing so, he knows to do. So basically, Kowalski is the Polish smith? Yes, is that true? Sounds true to me. From the word Slusarsh. Slusarch. Can I have a look at that? <laughs> Bartek wants to really pronounce it for you. He's like, no, it is that. You're right. Because I thought, no doubt we're going to spit on this movie. <laughs> but um, we need to bring a Polish connection we- here. <laughs> Polish it up. <laughs> Bartek's stroking his chin. He's Slusarch. like connecting language. I think it's, uh, slush, slush, hmm. He's nailed. Slusage? Yeah. yeah, man. Mm. You want to phone your mum not, this not, time? Not, not too sure about <laughs> not too sure about the accented S, but yes, yeah. Slusage, maybe. Slusage. Do you think uh, Nick Nolte's character, Ryan, could could he ever have a nine-to-five job? Yeah, I think he could as a bank teller. (laughs) (laughs) He knows his way around the bank. He knows his way around the bank. He's tall. It's like how they have, um, what's the Catch Me If You Can guy? The Frank Abagnale. He he was all about um, getting around fraud after his criminal life. He's still doing that now. Yeah. Yeah, helping the FBI detect fraud. Yeah, man. What we're saying is he could really help um, help yeah. solve the financial crisis. Mm. He's a real <laughs> bank guy, and that's what Bruce McGill was upset by because he thought he was going to be like a bar guy. Yeah. And then he found yeah. out he was a bank guy, and he was like, oh, I wanted to hire you for the bar. You seem like a guy who knows how to make a good cocktail. And <laughs> then he was like, sorry, dude, I'm all about investment loans. You could probably also make a decent cop. Yeah, he's got yeah. the strength. He's got the he, uh, stamina. He should be a power. He should be an Olympic gold mini- winning, gold medal winning power lifter. That's what he should or be like doing. Shot put or hammer throwing. No power lifting. Yeah. Just. <laughs> and we've seen the quality of the police work in this town. So the bar is set quite low. And he can lift it with his power <laughs> lifting. <laughs> Um, I do love the fact that they grabbed a completely Rogue different girl. Uh, That's great. And I like the idea that the police did that on purpose to know that he would try and uh, come and break in. That and she has a little, the little pink gorilla. So I like the idea. And the hairstyle too. And the ha- yeah, they gave her that hairstyle. They're like, okay, you're gonna be the 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 under decoy. The decoy. And it's and then, not even an orphan; it's an undercover. And then she rips off the wig as Vern Troyer. <laughs> like, oh, it's me! Oh, it's me! He doesn't have oh, a deep. It's me. He doesn't have a deep voice. Sound a bit like SpongeBob. Why was Why was Nick Nolte just hanging out forlornly in his van, eating his curried egg sandwich, just waiting? What was he hanging around there for? It's just the idea of a good time. He's hungry. Yeah. Have you ever been hungry when kidnapping? It's like, yeah, I'm not in prison anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly, in prison. To, yeah, and to be fair, for most of the film up until that point, he'd just gotten out of prison and hadn't really had a full day of rest. Don't worry, he's going to have caviar later. He does, yeah. <laughs> Surely a very suspicious thing is a man, I don't know, just hanging outside an orphanage. Ah, it's different, it's night time <laughs> and it's the 80s. Well, he yeah, knows the policewoman that's inside, I guess. I like yeah. that he does know immediately it's a policewoman. Like, I, I didn't straight away click. I thought she was just a real asshole. 
of a woman who works at an orphanage. <laughs> She's like, you're going to eat. You're going to like it. And who lets him have five minute visit. And I was like, she said she couldn't, he couldn't. I was like, ah, it is the 80s. People are a lot meaner to children back then. Isn't yeah. that right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did you see Arnold Schwarzenegger in those films? I do not have a tumor. <laughs> is that what you're talking about? I was talking about Terminator. Sir, Terminator. <laughs> Uh, because I was going to say, man, kindergarten cop, he's pretty... What, that he locks her in there? <laughs> no, just his line about um, guilty... I mean, technically, you can't kidnap your own child. I suppose it's some other technology. I mean, you can of if they've been can. taken no, away it's not from... kidnapping, though. It is if they've been taken away from you and you don't have custody over them. Yeah, but you can't actually... Well, I guess you can, maybe. No, award custody to that. the department. As a policeman, <laughs> <laughs> I will guarantee you 100% you can kidnap your own children. <laughs> No, no I, I just meant the, te- the technicality. Bartek, you're really yearning to not say something about kidnapping. Is it that you've kidnapped a kid? Where are they, Bartek? I'm... No, that's not what I was going for. Okay, Bartek's got something on his tongue, and that... Oh, right, oh. the Stolen Generation. <laughs> yes. yes, of course. <laughs> Cultural touchstone of the Australian nation, of course. Yes, and I'm sure... The filmmakers of the American remake of the French film were thinking of that very actively when making this. Martin Short was smoking a nice cigar and he was thinking about that, yeah. How would this movie have been if, in your mind, if they chose two comedic actors? Because Nick Nolte's not a comedic actor. Oh, this is the scene where they carry. Oh, good. Thanks, Martin. The powerlifting scene. Yeah, man. I don't know if I could do this. Upstairs? No, it's impressive. I was impressed. Yeah. Um, In the French version, sorry, before they bring her back here, they actually go to a doctor who, who's drunk and tries to give her a tonic, whatever a tonic is, to make her feel better, and then they come back here. Ah, uh, so the French are way more progressive than her. Uh... And also in between that, when he's going out for a baguette or whatever, <laughs> um, he bumps into the cop again who says, you know, we're going to get you wherever you are. And so the... Um, the cops appear a few more and times. And it becomes Les Mis, basically. <laughs> oh, you stole a piece of bread. <laughs> it's like, no, Jean Valjean. <laughs> and then they break into song and dance. And uh, it's still better than Russell Crowe singing. So, um, and it's in French. Did they break into dance in Les Mis? It's a musical. But did they break? I don't remember them dancing. I remember We've them singing. Had... Sorry to interrupt. We've had asshole shit and all these things but it's weird for Nick Nolte to go you're giving me wait wait willies. he's shaking the fuck out yeah. of that girl this is a callback to the scene of the callback of the other callback remember this is a shaking thing that he does I was looking, his thing I was looking very carefully to see if it was actually the, the, the little girl and it is the little yeah, girl yeah. and I thought he shook her so hard that the frame became hungry <laughs> that, uh, her face became so blurry and I thought it's someone wearing a it's gotta be a little a person mask. wearing a mask yeah. right like in the thing when the guy gets his arms ripped off and it's like actually a guy with amputee Amputated arms He's wearing a mask yeah. Of the doctor I thought it was going to be like that But no it's actually They just went Nick This is the 15th take She's blacked out Shake her as hard as you can Man Like I don't know how He got away with that But he shook the shit out of her Like I don't think you'd do that In a movie film these days Why not I don't think They got so. CGI now No there's a way You can make shaking They're all unionized They're the all unions The fucking <laughs> when she wasn't on set she was chimney sweeping <laughs> that's how it goes but what I was going to say was this movie has a non-comedic actor and a comedic actor teamed up mm. obviously Mismatched. it works for this movie because you know it is a dramedy more so than like you know it's got drama elements and comedy elements yeah. it's, a, it's heavy on both of them like you know so that's why I'm saying it's a dramedy drama comedy 
Um, do you think this movie could have worked if they had two comedic actors like Steve Martin and Martin Short together doing this? Or what do you think? Mm, yeah, maybe. It might be a bit top heavy. Do you consider <laughs> Planes, Trains and Automobiles being two comedic actors in the mystery? Yes. Yeah. Even though one of them's kind of playing it a bit more straight? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because it's Steve Martin. Well, I guess if they play it like that, then it's fine. But yeah. you're you're saying if they're both acting comical the whole way through, Well, right? because Plain Trains is a com- comedy movie mm. with yeah. some dramatic elements in there, obviously. It's but a you're movie. imagining the same pairing of characters just played by different actors. Yeah, like a comedic actor, so do you think? Of a comedic actor playing a straight character. It's always fun, yes. Yeah, man. But in... In this movie, of course, I think Nolte character needs to be sort of fit and well built and strong, like gruff. a strong man. And how many gruff comedic man- people are there really? You got me there. The Rock, I guess. Is he? Uh, is he funny now? Finally, after fifteen years, but Roseanne, I suppose. <laughs> Roseanne. <laughs> what? Roseanne's really gruff. You're right. I read that um the Joe Piscopo would have nailed this. <laughs> I read that the two actors that um Nick Nolte often gets compared to in terms of roles are Harrison Ford and Kurt Russell. Yeah, and Busey. Well, and Busey, Busey. Busey at one point. Well, well, this I reckon this movie could have worked. Kowalski. Could have worked with Michael Keaton playing oh, okay. straight man. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But I guess he was busy too too busy being Batman. He couldn't take them both up the stairs though, Keaton, could he? Oh no. Is he tall? <laughs> no. Yeah. But he you know what I love about Michael Keaton? The one thing you need to be Batman is a chin. And Michael <laughs> Keaton has no chin. So that's why when they got Val Kilmer, it's like chin. We need to go with it. George Clooney, chin. <laughs> and Christian Bell, nah. Yeah. Kevin Conroy, chin. Well, you can hear the chin. You can hear the chin. I know, I wasn't making a chin. Adam West, chin. Not really, but like, didn't matter back then. Now, Bartek, is this a good haircut? Actually, doesn't look too bad for a guy that I assume hasn't cut hair before. Well, he was in prison. He might have learnt how to cut hair. You don't think they hired, like, top hairdressers to come in and <laughs> cut their hair? Vidal Sassoon. <laughs> uh, guys, would you want that haircut? No. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemies. Really? Come on, Shane. You've got uh, long hair. Wouldn't you like I him want, to cut it, cut it I like want that? the Jedge haircut from Conan. <laughs> Conan? <laughs> yeah, the long, black, you straight mean, to the waist. Yeah, the gorgeous hair. That's beautiful. The that's one that epic. makes you look like a snake. That's great. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> The Jedge hair. Yeah. Timeless. Or his one in uh, Darth Vader when he gets unmasked. That's a good haircut. Mm. Just just bits of metal sticking out of your head. He's taking off a mask, right? Mm. cutting. <laughs> no, it's a good haircut. Taking off a mask. Yeah, I know, but like, but it, now that's a good haircut. The wigs styled very nicely, and then they fuck it up later with trucks, which was a great. <laughs> John just shook his head like no. So it made yeah. it sound like the film was ruined because of trucks. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking trucks. They Nick- were filming one day, and then a truck came along, and it was all ruined from there. And it levitated. And- <laughs> oh man, and I don't like powers <laughs> in my movies. I don't like superpowers coming out of nowhere. No. Sure. I can't believe that you thought she's gonna have superpowers. I absolutely did. <laughs> yeah. Like you're like, at what point is she gonna become an X Men? Oh uh, yeah. She's just sitting there, and you're like, in this scene, you must have been really worried that she's like, oh no, is she really gonna like? Do- by by now, by there- now, I'm comfortable that they're not gonna make <laughs> such a terrible writing decision or such a brave writing decision. <laughs> I should say. <laughs> The end of the movie should have been the cops coming in, and she's like, oh no, and freezes time. (laughs) And they're like, what? You could have done that the whole time? And the answer is yes. 
Mm-hmm. Really, doesn't every movie everyone has superpowers unless until they show it, then it's true that they have superpowers. What I'm saying is, yeah. every movie a character secretly has superpowers, mm. just she- like real life. Yeah, man. What if in every character's introduction they always sneak in a line about how I don't have superpowers? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I, 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 mm. I, I, I don't have superpowers. Oh, <laughs> everyone, get down, get down! I don't have superpowers. But I have a grenade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how this movie should have opened up. Okay, I've got a pet peeve here, Ryan Bartek. Shane, what's is, its name? Is, is, <laughs> convict. I don't like when Americans use the word convict. That's our name. <laughs> that's our word. Australian? You have felons, you know. We, yeah, we have convicts, man. Leave us alone. We are the poor, suffering ones here. Mm. We are a nation of convicts. We stole bread. I didn't. You're part of the nation. Do you think I that... didn't steal anything? <laughs> that sounds like a thief to me, guys. I don't know. Has Thieves t- don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Has the time come for the... Um, can fashion move in such circles that we can bring those arrows back on our white shirts? Can we? Which arrows? Like from the convicts. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel like that's wasted. If no one wants to be associated with that, I think that's cool. I want to bring that back. Now, what this movie did have on the cover, obviously, was the ball and chain around their leg on one of them. Yeah, you know the convicts had in the nineteenth century. They had that ball. The literal ball and chain. Yeah, yeah. he's Stop not talking about. Moving. He's not talking about a wife. Wow. He's talking about a literal ball and chain. Wow. As a kid at Sovereign Hill, I saw some or whatever, and I thought I always thought there was like explosives if they moved. Be, pff, oh, you thought it was. Off, you yeah. thought it was well, like bombs around and have this. Wait, you thought it was yeah. the film Fortress or something yes. when they leave their heads explode because of the collars or whatever <laughs> yeah. they have? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the film. I don't think it would slow Nick Nolte down at all. Well, being exploded. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I was more talking about the ball and chain. You could put one on each leg and one I've on each dude, hand. He would just. Lift it up. Yeah, he has no problem. I've played a game called Sengoku Basura, which is sort of like a, one of those warriors games where like you fight like millions of weak people around a battlefield and like pass objectives. And one of the characters, because uh, one of the unique things about characters, is like, oh, what weapon do they use? One of them has like a Nick Nolte. Arm, his arms cuffed to like a large ball and chain, and that's what he fights with. Oh, that's so he has a bunch cute. of a b- big move set based on having this huge ball chain. I game. like him already. Now, can we point out something in this entire gag, which is Martin Short's dressed as a woman, but in a normal, in a more conventional movie, he would be wearing like lipstick, bra. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, like they would like have to pat his chest. Yeah, and yeah. they don't even attempt it in this movie because that, that's still an. They going... pat his stomach at one point. <laughs> that's still a going concern, isn't it? All everyone was going. Oh, why does Captain Phasma in the new Star in Star Wars have to have the boob the armor? plates? <laughs> Boomer, the boom armor, uh, the know, boob they... armor. Well, they couldn't put lipstick on her. You know what? They they do kind of acknowledge, <laughs> sort of in the way that um, I think just before when the wig got blown away. Oh, you know there are ugly women, so so women and if we're going... are flat chested are ugly according to Bartek. Wow. Wow. No, you no, heard it here, guys. Going, what I'm going Take that, is, flatties. What I'm going with is the fact that, like, that's acknowledging that they don't have to make him conventionally beautiful. That's mm. right. And wonder... conventionally beautiful, like, oh, you know, you got to have big tits. Or Man <laughs> Short's the kind of woman, if he was a woman, he wouldn't have tits. Or lipstick. That's, yeah, that's or exactly lipstick. I mean. It's funny, in, this, exactly what I mean, in yeah. this version, they make Martin Short more nervous, right? So that he opens the window, that's why the window Yeah, he was about to vomit, yeah. Yeah, so they're caviar. implicitly making him feminine and whining, you know. Uh, whereas in the French version, the daughter's still sick from the night before or whatever happens, so she opens the door. He opens the window for her, the daughter to get right. some air, and that's what causes Oh, but it. in this movie, they're making the daughter the most uh, strong-willed, powerful character in She's the movie. She's still got some sort of power, Shane. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just not levitation. <laughs> but that, that pairing really turns into a husband and wife sort of bickering mm. and sort of yeah. like a cliched husband and wife TV I, sort of style I do relationship. Love, I do love that he's like, she's pregnant and it's like, look at him. Does he look it? But he's bending over, so it's hard to see if he does have a belly. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's hard to know. But, uh, you know, I do... He does look... Uh, Nick Nolte looks like he's just walked straight off the set of Cape Fear because that's what he looks like in Cape yeah. Fear. He kind of looks like the, the main guy from uh, Rocky Horror. Brad. Brad. Yeah. Brad, was it? Yeah, yeah. They're also from Spin City, hmm. which <laughs> had Alan Ruck in it. He was the mayor in Spin City. One of my favorite gags ever is he, he meets like the archbishop of such and such and he's like, hmm, hmm, is it true that you guys can only move diagonally? <laughs> like legitimately asks that because his character's an idiot and yet he's the mayor of New York. Um, yeah, I, I like the idea that in this, that they make the, the, the little girl far more um, intelligent or competent. Yeah. Like in a movie like this, mm. she could have been crying or annoying or something, but she's actually pretty level-headed overall. It's, mm. You know, like, yeah, she runs away when Nick Nolte doesn't stay and that's like the biggest Spanish she yeah. throws in the works and that's kind of it it's not like she's in this scene and she's like i need to go boom boom or something you know like I want a happy meal she Look was at these freaky cops they're just in, they don't in... do that in gta <laughs> one of them overwhelmed by the beauty that is giving birth <laughs> yeah i love nick nolte like why don't these guys go like why don't they just fucking leave? yeah he, he was really good at like maintaining <laughs> that smile while speaking pretty clearly he's a ventriloquist nick nolte <laughs> does he do like the guttural voice Busey couldn't do that Busey can't be a ventriloquist and the answer is no actually when he ventriloquizes he does a high voice <laughs> <laughs> this it's... trope is this trope in other movies ryan oh. it seems very familiar no like faking a pregnancy or rushing to a hospital um yeah I feel I like I've seen the whole thing of like, oh, the police will guide you. And it's like, yeah. no, 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 I don't want you to do that. I feel like I've seen that a few times. Oh, that's been done a, a billion times. But, uh, it's always we, hard we to l- write that into Google. To we, we, literally, we literally saw the police thing in our Christmas movie last year. Christmas was a cranks. Where the police give an escort home for the, the daughter. Yeah, but that Chris- wasn't a pregnancy. No, what I'm saying is you were saying with the Christmas, well, no, no, with the cars, with like you were saying like, you've seen the police thing where the police did the escort. Yeah, but where, where, where the people or... being escorted actually don't want to. Oh. I feel like I've seen that. Yeah, uh, the pregnancy thing, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's just a comedy thing, you know? I mean, yep. Martin Short, given birth, how funny is that? They should make that into a movie, but with Danny DeVito and Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Um, Martin Short, I don't know, I feel like his biggest film that people point to, other than Three Amigos, is Inner Space. The one that asks, can Dennis Quaid be shrunk down and injected into Martin Short? And the answer is? Well, yes, yes. it's a good movie. It's a great movie. Uh, yeah, Dennis Quaid being shrunk down into Martin Short, and that's great, because he is short. Martin Short. Thank you, Bartek, for laughing. No, I knew you were going to say it, so I laughed in my head. Oh, okay. Thank you, man. Also, we've made the short joke a few times. We've only made it a. a I'm as God made me, sir. Yeah, a guy who makes short jokes. Um, he does look uh, Nick Dalty does look more and more like Gary Busey as the film goes on, to the point in which I wonder if Gary Busey stepped in to to, to need some coin. You owe me some brown envelopes. I've got a son, Jake Busey, who's also an actor, and I need to feed him. (laughs) He's going to be in Starship Troopers one day. And that's about it.
Oh no, he's in the new Predator movie Ooh. as Gary Busey's son. We'll see on release date if he still makes the cut. No, that movie out. came out this oh, year. Man. Oh man, you haven't heard about that new Predator movie? A couple of months ago, yeah. Oh man, that new Predator movie is garbage. Oh yeah, man. It's it's literal garbage. Deserves its own podcast. Did John McTiernan direct it? Or no? no, Shane Black did. Oh, oh dear. And he's a good d- director and writer. So mm. people were really confused as why does he say predators come to Earth to hunt for autism? Uh, <laughs> that's a plot line. I'm not making that up. <laughs> Look it up, people. Were you guys Autism's hot right now. <laughs> Autism's hot right now. But it's a bit anticlimactical, isn't it? At least in the French one, they've got the, the Italian French Alps in the background. Mm. And... Um, I like the tag of the bank robbery, though. That's sort of... Oh, yeah, the, 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 the ending of, oh, Call it's back. a circle. Like, mm. this will continue on forever. So then you could have four fugitives. <laughs> Is this the third fugitive? No. No. <laughs> You're still waiting. And then, and then oh, knowing Shane, he when the credits rolled, he was like, oh, no powers. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. And that's why I don't... I, I still waited for after the after credits as if it was a Marvel movie. <laughs> Stinger. Like, this is where we get to see it. Stinger. You meet the next fugitive. Stinger. Gary uh, uh, Gary Busey has uh, like, a, uh, like a Sam... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Samuel R. Jackson appearance at the end. He has an eye patch. He's like, I'm gathering a team together. <laughs> and Nick Nolte is like, what do you want? And he's like, I'm gathering a team. Oh, fuck it. Is this something you could go raspier? Mm. Of course, it's Nick Nolte. Gary Busey actually has quite a quite a well articulated voice. Oh look, she was called Woman Cop. <laughs> yeah, Woman Cop. Everyone. Is it more polite, ladies out there listening? Is it more polite to say female cop or, or police woman? Woman or police woman? Uh, mm. I think you should call them police dames. <laughs> That's what you should call them, or that. or broad police, or second officer Larry Miller, <laughs> nightstick chicks. Oh, with Larry Miller in this, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Larry Miller is in this. There can't be any other actor called Larry Miller other than the comedian Larry Miller, mm. who we all know and love as the doorman from Seinfeld. Look, there was a. I only know him person. in podcast form. Larry Miller? Yeah. Really? That show on podcast one, yeah. Oh, wow. We love Larry Miller. He's been in a few episodes of the show. I'm more familiar with the work of Dennis Miller. Okay. (laughs) So the movie has unfortunately ended. It has come to a close. I did notice, Ryan, when they were listing stunt people, there was like one or two female names there. So they had women do something in the film. Some of them man shots. There's Princess (laughs) Princess McLean here. Princess? It's not even in quotes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not like that's their nickname. Like, Princess. So, let's give our reviews and ratings of this movie. I'll go first. Well, before you do, I will. I I do have my quiz. Give us a quiz questions. Shoot us with a quiz, Bartek. If you don't get 100%, disappointed. Shane, you can enter this competition too. Do we have to buzz in? Say your name, I think. Question one. What is the name of the bar that Ned is held captive at? Uh, Ryan. Um, it's uh, Bruce McGill's bar, pretty sure. <laughs> this is the King Saloon bar. That's correct, but not the answer I'm looking for. No, it's the King Salmon bar. Salmon. I can't read my own writing. It's the King Salmon bar. Um, so point to me then. <laughs> I nailed it with that one. Number two. You better have been looking really hard. What beer does the delivery boy... You got it. Moosehead. Uh, so your name. Excuse me, Ryan. Uh, your Moosehead. Name. Your name. Moosehead. Um, how much did Lucas earn in prison doing laundry? Uh, Ryan. Uh, oh, laundry. Oh, shit. Oh, w- Ryan, wasn't it $1,000? Uh, 
Very close. One thousand two hundred dollars. One thousand twenty cold. Amount? Cold. I don't know. One thousand and six. More hundreds. One thousand five hundred and ninety-two dollars. More. Two thousand dollars <laughs> less. One thousand eight hundred dollars. Eh, you get it. $1,740. Wow. That was close. How old is Martin Short? Ah, that's a good question. In real life or in the movie? In the movie. movie. Um, I want to say he's 32. Correct. He's at least five. Oh, Bartek, 32. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out in um, he gives his age as 45 in the French version. Oh, that's he's old. But in French. See, I mean, we, we. And the last question. Better get this, Bartek. Not really a question. What does the police dog eat? It is a question. And doesn't he, the police dog. Bad guys? Does he eat bad guys? What does he eat? Does he eat something? No, the guy. Is he said to eat something? The guy tells him he eats only bad guys. Oh, yeah, you got it. Thieves. He eats only thieves. Bartek, thieves. Bartek nailed it and the winner is Bartek, right? The winner is all of us because we passed. We passed it. We passed it. So, reviews and ratings. I'll go first. Film, Three Fugitives. Reviewer, Ryan Slewinski. (laughs) Date of review? (laughs) Whatever it is. It's the 15th of December. Uh, We're recording? Great. Uh, So, this film had a lot of things going on. It was refreshing to see a film of this caliber from a time like this. We won't get movies like this today. And if we do, they're never going to be ones that are theatrically released with star power like Martin Short and Nick Nolte. Well, maybe they would be today with <laughs> Nick Nolte and Martin Short. These films would be made with them. But uh, you, we won't get the movie like this anymore. Three Fugitives. I mean, Americans making French movies better. <laughs> I'm, on board. I'm yeah. on board for that. My biggest complaint, though, is the lack of powers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you stole my review. Dang it. <laughs> um, if I had to give this film a rating, it would be um, Hidden Powers... Out of powers, out of sight. Uh, John? Look, I'd give this three out of five convicts. Mm. Um, for nostalgia's sake, I'd probably bump it up 3.5. Not three fugitives? Yeah, we'll give it 3.5 fugitives. <laughs> Look, I really like this. I don't know how anyone could actively dislike it. The worst you could think is just it's meh. It's TV movie caliber. Um, could there have been more more comedy added to it, do you think, Bartek? I felt like the balance was excellent. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and s- once again, I would have loved to have seen maybe another scene of the girl helping them commit some sort of robbery and be a bit more helpful in that respect. Yeah, yeah John's John's pro-kid crime. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I actively disliked it. But you're going, smiling. I'm going to give um, this um, 467 out of... 468. That's pretty high, though. (laughs) That's pretty high. Your your review is, I disliked it, but here's my positive rating. I remember when we did Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, um... (laughs) We had my, one of my friends on for as the guest, and he gave a rating that was like ridiculously big numbers. But then when you actually looked at them, his rating was really low. <laughs> but you, why did you dislike it so much? No, because John told me I can't actively dislike it, and now I changed my rating, oh, changed right. my whole perspective on the film. 
I was going to give it 3.5. No buts. <laughs> but no buts. You loved it. Mm. Um, what he meant was disliked was he disliked the fact that he originally thought he was going to dislike it, but mm. then he loved it. Mm. And I good. dislike that about myself. Yeah. And uh, Shane's really upset because he's demonstrating right now his power of levitating things in front of us. <laughs> and we are embarrassed uh. by that and infuriated. Bartok? All right. We'll levitate my review from my throat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking Ryan, in tongues. Ryan, please don't make noises while I'm about to make a review. Okay. I really, really enjoyed this movie. I thought that it was funny, and I thought that it was. It was. It was like a tearjerker, like a dramatical tearjerker. Dramatical. Enough. Traumatical. Traumatical. Do you say traumatical? Dramatical. Dr- I thought you said dramatical tearjerker. I did. And that's what I said, and then uh, you were like, "Ha, huh, traumatical." I thought, that's what I thought you thought that I said. So okay. you said, it. "Sorry, continue on, brave yeah. sir." You guys are both thespians. Shane and I don't know any of these. We terms. are thespians. Are you saying Bartek? grammatical? Grammatical. Drama. These are just the fine details. Key grip, best boy. I think that everyone should see this film. Especially since we live in an age where we do not get films like these, as you just said, Ryan. I think that you will just be more enriched than ever before having watched it. I give this film a pink monkey <laughs> in a can of dog food at the bottom of a fishbowl. <laughs> Very good. Oh. Thank you, Bartek. So, Bartek, you found some um, thoughts from people on the internet who some... thought that they should share their thoughts on the internet. I have some real reviews from real people expressing real thoughts from IMDB. Unfortunately, the YouTube comments, there just weren't that many. They were probably just John being like, I've watched this. That's... In fact, I can't even remember if there were any YouTube comments. John. No, sorry. Why didn't you even... Why, why... Dirty Harry is my life now. And Three Fugitives, right? Yeah. So I found four reviews, and I thought it would be great. Read, Ryan thought it would be great. If we all read a review each. Let's do it. Bartek, you hit us first, buddy. Yes, I'll go first, Ryan will go last. Oh. You know what say, re- save the best for last. Yeah. Reverse the order of our reviews. <clears throat> the first review is titled, and they're from IMDB if I didn't say that before. You did. The first review is titled, The Three Fugitives... Dot, dot. It is from the 23rd of March, 2006, and it is an 8 out of 10 review. Cool. It's one of those excellent comedy movies to come out which keeps you laughing, dot dot. As the story goes, Nick Nolte is the convict just released from prison, and in brackets, it asks Alcatraz? (laughs) No! (laughs) And he jokes that he is out to rob a bank to the cop releasing him, dot dot. When he goes to the bank to encash his jail paycheck, he is swung into a robbery. Swung in. Like a door. (laughs) (laughs) Martin Short is the bank robber who is too short to even pass the bag across the counter. Wrong. Uh, No. (laughs) By the way, keep a tally of how many things are right and wrong. Okay, one is wrong. With the public trying their best to help him with the robbery... Too wrong, okay. He manages to push the bag across the counter. Three wrong. Error. They're they're thinking about the French version, I bet. (laughs) The cashier, in turn, gives him a few hundred dollars all in one dollar notes. Oh, nah. uh In brackets, it's actually a funny scene to watch right from the bank robbery to the car crash. 
However, by this, however, by this time, the cops are all around the bank, and Martin needs a hostage. He sees Nick as the ideal hostage after shooting him. No. No. What were they no. watching, Shane? The, <laughs> this is a different edit. Was that the original French one, perhaps? No. The cops think it is no. Nick who is the bank robber, even with Martin putting the gun on Nick's head. Correct. Slash Martin yeah. slowly realises that the cops think that Nick is the bank robber and passes the gun along to Nick. So it's not so much no, a no, not as correct. a retelling. Well, a broken retelling. <laughs> anyway, the, they escape from the, pr- the bank and are involved in a car crash, in brackets, with the bomb intact. As Martin, Wait. Oh, the grenade. Right, right. As Martin takes Nick to a veterinary doctor, they spell it correctly, and the doctor, seem, the doctor seems to see all humans as dogs. No. And then in brackets, poor doggy. <laughs> the doctor helps along with Martin's daughter, Sarah Rowland Dorif, uh, a sweet little thing and the third fugitive. Oh. However, even though he tries to shoo away the kid left to look after Nick, he is emotionally blackmailed to help her out. The scenes where she follows <laughs> the scenes where she follows Nick down to the basement are very touching. Basement. <laughs> And she starts speaking because she is attached to Nick. (laughs) Yes, I guess. This means that no money is required for treating her in the first place. (laughs) In the first place. (laughs) And in brackets, the reason Martin tried to steal from the bank. Finally, Nick takes the responsibility of getting them across the country to Canada. How they get across the border and by making Martin a pregnant woman is the rest of the movie. Yeah, two minutes. Of it. Nick Nolte. <laughs> <laughs> a portion of the movie is a portion of the movie. Nick Nolte is Feek's convict. Taking up the job of a locksmith is pretty innovative. <sighs> Convenient for the story, at least. Uh, that is fantastic and a good lesson. Why That's an 8 watch. out of 10 review. There's a lot of things to pick out of that. The yeah. first is, would that have made a better movie than the movie we saw, Bartek? That was the movie we did see. <laughs> was that it? That was it. Pass it over to Shaniel. Yep. That's your new name, Shaniel. That's quite fine. Before Shane reads it out, I loved how he said Alcatraz at the start. Alcatraz. And when you're watching that, do you think that ferry he's on looks quite palatial? Do you think a ferry of that, you know, that good ferry would be used just to ferry between a prison? Uh, if it's Alcatraz. If, it's a prison uh, if it is, yeah. Yep, so the bold underlined thing is the title and the date. Yeah, I got that. Okay, so let's try this. The um, title of this review is The Retired Bank Robber, The Idiot, and The Sweet Little Girl. <laughs> this one's saying, Signed, The Little Girl. <laughs> this is a review from the 16th of July, 2000. Wow. Oh my God. Full stop. <laughs> Isn't she the cutest thing you've ever seen? Mm. Meg is possible the only reason for someone to enjoy the movie. Dash. And Alan Ruck comes in second. (laughs) True. (laughs) It's always true, I guess. I bet you'll grab a tissue and start crying when she says... Problematic? Don't go. (laughs) I'm sure I almost did. Almost. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Period. <laughs> and I did laugh. Good. Good. My favourite scene is where the doctor has to explain what, you know, 
at the police station. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go it on. made me smile made as me much sm- as Tenor, Alan Ruck, and Dugan, Jedge, <laughs> did at the moment. It made me smile. And finally, does anybody understand the end? I don't. <laughs> I, it's a circle of life. I guess this is a mystery. Maybe revealing a sequel? Question mark? Well, if you feel there's nothing to do, then sit on your sofa and stare at the walls, pop in three fugitives, and enjoy one of those few moments of laughter and crying. Crying! <laughs> Uh, so you have to... I notice you've removed the names to protect the innocent. I just don't include them because there's too many lines. <laughs> so, that was an emotional roller coaster ride of a review. Mm-hmm. Um, John is having to scroll down to find the next one. Oh, good. You got it? Hit us in the loincloth. Once again, did you announce the subject headline first or not? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. The title and the date. The title of this review, Excellent Comedy with a Magnificent Cast. Is it, does it say magnificent or is it misspelt? It is misspelt. Magnificent <laughs> Cast. <laughs> Get it right, John. <laughs> Originally broadcast on the 8th of January 2006. Oh. This movie has to be up there as one of the best ever made. Nick Nolte and Martin Short put in some magnificent right performances to make it all the more enjoyable oh and there's james earl jones jig who also brightens up the picture now i must say it starts very funny you know the robbery and all that but then you kind of feel sorry for the guy yeah the girl and a problem and how much he cares for her so that's a bit sad and we sort of forget the light-hearted introduction yeah. Who cares? It's really still enjoyable, but the bad language at times is inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> this should have been made to a more suitable audience. <laughs> to more suitable for younger audiences. You know, the family kind of film. Nonetheless, a magnificent film executed to perfection, given what he's just said, and you know what is... A trillion, zillion, killion, billion miles ahead of most crap that comes out in the cinema today. Yeah. Other yeah. thing is that it's sad people like Martin Short don't get more prominent parts in more major pictures. I agree. Let's say that he is much better, and I mean much better, than many of the supposedly top actors these days. Mm. Oh, what I really like about that review is he reviews the movies The Three Fugitives, but he also manages to review a million zillion other films. He's got opinions on that, that too. That is a true statement. So I have... Um, Bartek linked me this one last night, mm. and he said, I don't think I should include this one. It's a little too crazy. Mm. And I said, please do. And he linked it, and I read it briefly, so I have a bit of a forewarning. But uh, this one makes no sense. Yeah. I just want to give a context. I also looked up this reviewer yeah. and his other reviews. He has like 400 reviews, and... Uh, they're all like this. They're all insane. This one is called Nice. With a period. <laughs> uh, the 27th of February, 2009. It's a 10 out of 10 review, guys. <clears throat> 6.2 votes equal to Fragile. And now clear that this site has a strong 
<laughs> it's a strong sorry this is this guy's insane this guy this uh has uh strong feelings towards the horror film mm-hmm. if this movie had been in stephen king would have had more this site is very bad with nice films blair <laughs> for me to go to pieces is the comment by aaron one three two one three seven five and then in all caps, Aaron still two, two spelled T U. Um, 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 distant relative to Sharon. <laughs> this is the review for Three Fugitives. I looked up the Aaron guy. He's got over two thousand reviews. Restless. All of them stoned. Restless character already seen previously. Why make comparisons between Silent Hill and Mirrors? Hmm? E hundred times better this movie. Silent Hill comes from a video. Do you have anything like the original film plot? There's no question mark to that. <laughs> it's a statement. There are mediocre films recited by actors who have high ratings as we are beautiful film recited by people less known. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. This is one sentence. <laughs> this is one sentence. This site is so. This site is so. End of sentence. <laughs> no, dot, so dot, it ended no, like no. the film. Just like In a this movie, there is a coup scene that leaves us with the mouth open. The other kinds of Nicole Kidman. Hmm? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a very cogent but, argument he puts but, forward. But since this movie and played by Sutherland takes one less vote, that's disgusting. Arise, the vote. <laughs> The end. That's the end, guys. This guy ends every review by mentioning "Arise, the vote." I just want to briefly mention. Uh, he did a review for uh, uh, Apocalypse Now, and he said, "This is a very 1970s film. What were you going to expect from this piece of garbage?" And then he reviewed the nudity of the women from 1970s and said, "The pornography back then was not about large breasts, but pure eroticism." And then he eventually goes into complete nonsense, and I, I just as he did out, in this. I just want to point out, I looked up that Aaron guy. He has not reviewed Three Fugitives. No one has, <laughs> like this guy. That was very informative, guys. I think we nailed it like Jesus with this episode. Uh, you know, you can take that anywhere you want. Carpentry, all the crucifix. Uh, uh, I think Three Fugitives has been covered, don't you, Bartek? I haven't listened to the episode, so I don't have know. We, have we arrested those fugitives and put them away? They're in Canada, eh? No, but I don't think they're going to leave. Canadian listeners, go find Martin Short. He, he's from your country. And arrest that man. <laughs> what if Martin Short is listening to this? Well, Martin, keep running. <laughs> keep running. Keep on running. Guys, it's been such a pleasure to have you on. It was so great to be suggested this. I was like, oh, study Harry podcast, guys. They're going to suggest a Clint Eastwood movie. Which we did, but you politely... I politely... Never talked about it again. Never talked about it again. Because I was like, I don't know, man. Clint Eastwood's filmography is uh, pretty impervious. I mean, every film's pretty great. And you're like, what about the one with the monkey? Yeah. And I was Orangutan, like... Orangutan, please. Orangutan. And I'm All like, seriousness, that might be a good one to talk about. I've only seen it myself once or twice, but there's a lot to unpack there every which way but loose yeah. it's every which way but loose or every yeah. which way but clint loses the respect of yeah. everyone involved <laughs> every which way. i can't yeah um guys at home check out dirty harry minute podcast you guys are on the platforms right yes of course best place is just itunes dirty harry minute and dirty harry minute.com 
Ah, he's going to sing. He's going to do their podcast thing where they do a little sing song. And in a few months, we'll be on there. Yeah, we'll, you will. We'll, Most we'll... likely in February. Listen to these erudite comic comic characters, Ryan and Bartek. Thank you. You had some very funny. You brought the yuck yucks. Thanks. <laughs> the yuck yucks. Shane, you wish you were there to see us yuck it up. <laughs> That's right. I'm an occasional contributor. He's an occasional contributor. So you guys, yeah, find them on iTunes, their website. You have Facebook now. We do, yeah. Dirty Harry Minute, I believe. I've just joined first time in my life. Uh, so yeah, just search Dirty Harry Minute. <laughs> we're all leaving and deleting our accounts. Oh. I'm not sure if you realize the kind of year that. Facebook's had. Whoops. <laughs> MySpace, guys. Get a page on there. Um, Bartek, is always a pleasure to be hosting with you covering the films that no one else is covering okay thanks Bartek well until next time listening people remember to be kind to each other and our email is spitandpolished at gmail.com bam and you're okay Ryan thank you Bartek <laughs>